Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi guys, this is Chama. Hey guys, it's your favorite Chama Good Hair. And I'm about to sip some tea with tea. Make sure you listen to this episode. Make sure you watch it. Leave everything that you're doing and focus on this focus because trust me, you're going to leave inspired. Hey guys, welcome to a brand new episode of Tea with Tea Pod, the only podcast that brings the tea acidity hot. And speaking of tea, we are proudly sponsored by my faves, Lipton. Now today my guest is someone who gives the fashion girlies a run for their money with her iconic looks. But beyond fashion, she's a brilliant lawyer, a strong entrepreneur, and a reality star. My guest today is Choma Ikoku, popularly known as Choma Goodhair. <laughs> Choma with the good hair. Please put your hands together for my reality star. It's not easy to have her in here. How are you today? I'm good, I'm good. How are you feeling? This look is looking... Uh, it's giving, right? It's giving. <laughs> the curly to the leather to the LV. <laughs> hey, God. Choma, is there any... Let me come and match the furniture. <laughs> I love it. I love Thanks. it. Is there anything that you go out that you ever go out basic? Can you be a basic girl for one day? What's basic? Like, just, just, like, just come out of your house looking very normal. I don't know what that means. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) How are you feeling? It's so good to have you on my podcast. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited to speak to you too. Lovely space, by the way. Really cozy, really nice. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so you know, I've before you got here, I'm just I was just saying to myself that, you know, I know Chama good hair. I know the I know Chama who's always clammed up, who will serve you looks for days. But I, I don't think that I I know Chema Coco, and I've seen you a couple of times. I know that we're not the closest, but I mean, I, don't, I imagine who who would you say Chema Coco is? The rich Chichi. Like, <laughs> I imagine they call you Chichi at so Who's Chichi? <laughs> um, I mean, in terms of, like, being a diva, I feel like I'm a diva, you know, on camera, off camera, at home, outside. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like I'm very down to earth. I'm, I like to think that I'm funny. <laughs> Not as funny as you, but I'm funny. Like, I do make my friends laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, kind-hearted, generous, very family-oriented. 
um, extremely hardworking, diligent in all that I do. So whether it be work, home, family, time, travel, anything that I do, I do well. Um, yeah, and like just, I'm a, I'm Cancerian, so I'm home. You know, they say Cancerians feel like home. So most people that are around me, they'll tell you that you feel at home, like I'm comfortable, I'm comforting, I listen really well, like I'm someone that you can talk to, you can confide in, I'm mm-hmm. there for all my friends and my family, like I'm I'm dependable, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. Amazing. I need to get to know this teaching. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 so yeah. And I'm fun, turn up queen, yeah, life of the party, I know that, I know that, that one you, is there. I know that you're fun, I agree. I've partied with you a couple of times. I I wanted to know about your childhood, what, what was it like growing up? I need to, give me a little background story. Um, so I'm the last child, so obviously the baby of the house, mm-hmm. you know, so we get the best of the best. Slightly spoiled because as a last child, I, think, I feel like parents are tired. Like, mm-hmm. they can't be bothered to punish you or like, yeah. you know, flog you the way the elders receive. But um, I think that it allows you to also like learn from everybody else's experiences. So that way, you know, you're, you develop faster, you become mature quicker and all of these things. So... I don't know, where do I start from? I feel like I was a very well-rounded child, you know, played all the sports, gymnastics, I'm a ballerina, played the piano, swimming. By the way, I was really good at swimming. I feel like that's one thing that if my parents had, like, allowed me continue, because I know, like, after, I went to primary school in Nigeria, so after, like, primary five, my swimming instructors, they were, like, they should send me to Germany to continue swimming. And some of my squad members got sent to Germany and they literally like, compete in the Olympics. So that would have been me because I was as good as them, you know. So that's something that, you know, I always think like, hmm, I'd have just been like a champion swimmer yeah. somewhere in Europe. But um, yeah, like my childhood was great. Definitely filled with love, you know, family all around. We would go to the village every Christmas. So that was like our tradition. I'm from Anambra, you know, um, so we'd go to... My dad's from Oba, where Ubi Kubana's from. So, you know, it's really popular now. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows my village. So we'll go there for Christmas and all my cousins will come back. We will all have fun. You know, you know, all these like plays that children basically like. (laughs) So we'll do the plays, the dances, all the adults will watch. They'll score us. Somebody will win first prize. So I feel like I grew up with a lot of like love and togetherness. And you could, my, my, my friends now, they can tell, you know, people that surround themselves with me now. You can just tell that, okay, this person clearly grew mm-hmm. up with love. Yeah. Um, School-wise, I was always like an A-star student, you know, top grades, very stubborn. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like open days, um, my mom will come to school. And all the teachers would be complaining. She's always talking in class. They have mm-hmm. their clique. They're always in the corner. She misses this. She does it. And my mom's like, okay, okay, okay. But how are her grades? Mm-hmm. She passed, you know. <laughs> she didn't really win. She got the highest grade. Okay, that's <laughs> and they'll fine. be so pissed off. And even when I went to high school in England, it was the exact same thing. Like, I would just be getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I mean to get in trouble. Like, I don't do these things on purpose. Mm-hmm. It would just be, like, my activities that would land me in trouble. And half the time, there's, like, ten of us doing it. But I always got singled out and punished and got into detention. I'm like, I don't understand. But Were you, like, very popular in second? I've always been popular. Anywhere that I go, it just so happens that like people know yeah. me. I feel like I just stand, stand out, you know, yeah. without even trying. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, even when I was here, popular. When I moved to England, high school, popular, university, popular, college, popular, you know, straight A student, but like not the best behaved student. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about uni. Like, um, you're probably obviously popular from secondary school and you go into uni, it's the same thing. But where did you school England, right? Mm-hmm. So getting into Nigerian girl, you get into in, an English school. How, how does that popularity come about? Like, what were you getting? So I'll be to? honest with you. 
uni was like I'd been in England for so long by then it was in high school so when you back then when I was in high school in England it wasn't cool to be African right. and me I'm a sharp babe I clocked this from day one you know they were like oh that's the African corner I'm like eh huh? <laughs> <laughs> there's African corner and it wasn't a cool corner to be in so I'm like one. whoa and it was mixed like Ghanaians you know Zimbabwe Nigerians mm. but they just kind of like looked down on them yeah. and then it was cool to be Jamaican so the Yardies were like yeah 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 and they mm. were cool and they would have this gelatop hairstyle and they were like the cool kids yeah. and I was like well I can't pretend to be Jamaican but Kai I chatted them I'm from Nigeria so I said you know what I'm American <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and luckily for me, I spent all my summers in America because all my like, a lot of my family lived right. there. And so I had like all the American things back then, like an MP3 the player, looks. CD player, the looks, the trainers, everything. So everyone believed it. They were like, oh yeah, this, mm-hmm. this new American girl. <laughs> 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 so, this is a good story. She writes a movie about it. And it worked, you know. So mm-hmm. that's how I entered. And I didn't get sidelined for being African. Right, right. You know, um, and then, yeah, I just became So you really cool. mingled with the... I became popular. And then, of course, all my friends were British and that was my crew. But, you know, one thing I did do, because obviously I am African, I'm Nigerian. So right. I always look at my African sisters, you know, looking not so cool in the corner. Mm-hmm. So I started to bring them in yeah. slowly but surely, you know. Mm-hmm. I started to, like, educate people about, oh, but Nigeria's cool, Nigeria's this, Nigeria's that. Like, I go every Christmas, mm-hmm. this and that. And so the Africans started From America. Feeling, From America. <laughs> <laughs> So the Africans started feeling cool, like, yeah. you know, coming, because I'm like, you know, it's cool to be African now, you know, get them to come along. And they mm-hmm. loved the fact that I was repping mm-hmm. them. And it eventually became that like one large community, the Jamaicans, the Africans, and of course, the black British girls. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, high school was a vibe, I'm not going to lie. University, college was great as well, no issues. University, um, I feel like that's when I even started to mingle with Nigerians in the UK, right. you know. And that's because obviously we have like ACS societies, which is Afro-Caribbean societies. Mm-hmm. And I was, I think like the social, not prefect, social something. Mm-hmm. And you know. You're I'm, always social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like my thing. And I'll organize parties and events and things like that. And so of course I was forced to mingle, you know, with all the like Nigerians and Africans. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Like no issues, you know. I feel like my parents sending me to England when they did was the best thing because it allowed me to get the best of both worlds. You know, I could be as British as I want to be. I could be as Nigerian as I want to be. I don't feel any type of weight in either territory. I right. can blend perfectly anywhere. Right. Why law? Because, I mean, looking at you and your personality, I would have assumed that you'd have done something in creative arts or fashion or... Cause, or was it an, your so, parents' choice? So, first of all, as a Nigerian, I don't think... Back then, anybody would have said, "Oh, mommy, I want to be a fashion anything or an artist." Like who, who, who? Who allow you? Yeah, (laughs) in this house, it wasn't. It wasn't even. It didn't even ever cross my mind. Mm -hmm. You know. Plus, I don't know. Age ten, I didn't realize that I was fashionable. I didn't even think I was fashionable then. I was just. I was a tomboy, so I literally wore like sneakers and joggers and my hoodies. Have three brothers, so that's all I understood growing up. Jumping on chairs, Mm -hmm. fighting, you know, tearing Mm -hmm. shirt. That's kind of like you know. And my sister was such a lady. I didn't understand her. I'm like, this one. So they used to call her Lady. Like, that was her, mm-hmm. you know, name, Lady Dana. So she would just be there in the corner. So I used to beat my sister. She would cry. My older sister. Yes. It was the boys that I used to roll with. So fashion was not even anything that ever crossed my mind or anything like that. I would match though. So if my hoodie was blue, it had to be like blue mm-hmm. cap, blue hoodie, blue joggers, blue mm-hmm. trainers. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was there somewhere, but it, I didn't identify it. Mm-hmm. Well, what so were you I, interested in I wanted to be, I wanted to be a doctor. My mom's a doctor you know, been a doctor her whole life. So medicine was what I knew. 
And I feel like most children want to be what their parents are because yeah. that's kind of like all you know. And I would follow my mom to hospital. She's a radiologist, so she would like, you know, report all her x-rays and things like that. And I just loved it. I found it so cool, like the machine mm-hmm. and always just like seeing the skeleton, but mm-hmm. it's like chest x-ray. It's mm-hmm. like a skeleton. So I just found it so intriguing. And so I wanted to be a doctor. And I think I must have been like maybe eight years old. And one of our nannies at the time... Because I was so stubborn. I was always arguing with them. I'll just be like, eh, you know, so Martha. She's like, you, na lawyer fit you. You have to be a lawyer. Like, you know, you're always arguing. And I was like, mm, whatever. But it just stuck. And literally in my head, I was just like, hmm, apparently I'll make a good lawyer. So, yeah. you know, oh. let me consider it. And yeah, so when I got to college, I decided to take up law because we could pick like four subjects. Um, so I picked law as one of them just to test to see if I liked it, mm-hmm. you know. And I loved it. I did so well. So, so, so well. And so in university, it was a no-brainer. I was like, you know what? Let me actually pursue this. So you, you had a good time studying law? In the, in, in I really the... enjoyed it, you know. And also, I'm very good at it because I'm a critical thinker. Right. You know, I don't argue for the sake of it. And if I do argue, I'm going to win that argument because I'm very observant. So I watch, I listen. Like I said, I'm a good listener. So mm-hmm. I listen to all your nonsense. <laughs> then I use your nonsense to combat you. Yes, because you always have opinions. Yes. Strong ones. Good ones. I love it. So what was the plan to practice after... Or yes, I wanted to practice um, fashion. Like I said, it's just something that was just always there. I loved it. Didn't ever even consider it as a career path or anything. It's just it was just who I am, mm-hmm. you know. Um, good hair. We started in England. We started it just kind of like as a hobby, and it turned into a serious business. But it was always a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Nothing major for me. Mm-hmm. Law was my career path, and that's where I was going to go. Now after. My university, I also got an LLM, which is like a master's in law, international <sighs> environmental law and commercial arbitration. Immediately after uni? Yeah. You're a very serious guy. <laughs> very, like, I'm very studious. I play a lot, but I'm mm. super, super serious. Right. Um, it's so funny. Back in high school, they used to call me, this is before I moved to England, they used to call me something, a, a deceiver. Is that like a popular term? Yeah, here? so those are those are the people that will play with everybody, but read at Hard night. to read. But yeah. I, nev- I never used to... One day I even cried because I was like, why is everybody saying this about me? In fact, somebody had a dream that I would collect people's brains and lock it in a box. (laughs) 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 And that's why I would come first or second in class. Mm -hmm. And then all my friends that roll with me, they used to fail because they weren't reading. Mm -hmm. But I'm just sharp. Like I have a retentive memory. So when I read, I'm grasping and I I answer the correct way. You know, I'm very like studious like Mm -hmm. that. And I just remember thinking, why are they doing this to me? And literally, mm. a lot of people cut me off because they thought I was actually deceiving them. Mm. But anyways, um, so in, so I did my master's in commercial arbitration and in environmental law. Mm-hmm. Loved it, enjoyed it, and decided that I wanted to practice, you know, in the arbitration space. And so I moved to Lebanon to work. Mm-hmm. Like Lebanon? Like actual Lebanon. The Lebanon that, you know. Why did I move to Lebanon? So I had a friend in my LLM class. She was like my best friend at the time. She's from Kuwait. They also had a house in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. And she moved to Lebanon to work right after our master's. Mm -hmm. And the firm that she was working in, they wanted a few more British lawyers. You know, they wanted to get that experience. Mm -hmm. And so she told them about me. She's like, I have this really smart friend. She's Nigerian British, you know, blah, blah. So one of the partners flew to London, interviewed me. I remember at a hotel lobby. I didn't even take it seriously because I thought, you know, what are the odds? Mm-hmm. And he was like, you're really, really smart. I really like you. I want you to come to Lebanon. I was like, Lebanon? He was like, yeah, we'll get you accommodation, um, car, you know, pay you a salary. And, you know, the, the full whole works. lifestyle. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. 
So I spoke to my parents. I was like, you know, what do you think? I just got this really good offer in Lebanon. And my parents are super supportive, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned they are the best of the best. Mm. They have never stopped anything that I've wanted to do. Mm. They encourage me. They allow me to make my mistakes. Mm-hmm. They, you know, and they're still there for me if mm. it doesn't work out. So they were like, no problem. See how it goes. If you don't like it, you can always leave. And that's how I packed up my bag from London and I moved to Lebanon. Best experience ever. What happened in Lebanon? First of all, Lebanon is kind of like Nigeria. Yeah. Let's, you know the Lebanese. I've been there. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's why they love it here because it's like home. Yeah, so yeah. in terms of the behavior, the mentality, yeah. it's not far off from our people. So it didn't feel too foreign. Yeah. Um, even though, yes, of course, you know, they speak Arabic, they speak French. English is like their third language. But just the mannerisms, you don't yeah, feel like you're... Yeah, the hustlers, the yeah, energy, yeah. The, it's, the grind is the same. Mm. So I loved that, number one. So the people were cool. I could relate with them. Secondly, it was just beautiful. Like, you know, the, the, the most fascinating thing about Lebanon is the fact that snow in one corner, yeah. beach on the other side of town and in the can, same day. It can be hot as well. I was like, this is so incredible. So you could mm. go skiing and go to the beach all in the same day, on yeah. the same day. So yeah. I was like, this, I, I really, really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the firm that I was working in, they were fantastic, you know, super nice, super friendly. And I learned so much on the job. The only thing I'll say is the women are not very nice. Is it? You think Nigerian women are haters or bitches or whatever. <laughs> Lebanese women, they don't play. They were not nice to me at all. And God forbid if I showed up anywhere with a Lebanese guy, like let's say, we're, you know, one of my male friends were going to the mall or going, you know, to dinner or something, the stairs, not even just staring, they'll be like, look, look, look. Because you're a black girl or what? I feel like they're just not used to seeing affluent black people. You know, right. all the black people that I saw were like, you know, maybe like sweeping Staff, the streets yeah. or like, you know, walking the dogs. So they weren't used to seeing like a black girl. I mean, back then, my good hair, seven bundles. Like Eesh. it was popping, wavy, like <laughs> waves for days. So they're probably thinking, who, who is this person? Who does she think yeah. she is? What is she doing here? Mm. With a Chanel bag, you know, mm. heels. They, they couldn't understand it. So they literally would stare me down to mm-hmm. the point that I would, and I'm, I'm a very confident person, mm-hmm. but it was so bad that I would start to feel uncomfortable. Like, am I doing something wrong? Should I, mm-hmm. should I not mm-hmm. be here? Like, what's mm-hmm. the issue? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I told one of my partners in the firm and he was like, darling, let me just tell you, they're just jealous. Mm. He was like, they're just jealous. Like, don't worry about it. And the moment he told me that, it changed everything. Mm. You know, so when they stare at me, I'll stare them back like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it? And then they'll stop. And yeah, that was a fantastic mm. experience. So what, you moved you moved out of Lebanon. Why? Um, My dad wanted me to go to law school in Nigeria. I think he just felt like... You see, came back and did law school in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Hey. My parents are all about education. So you're quite educated. educated. <laughs> <laughs> a little too educated. <laughs> Like all about education, education. Like all my siblings are the same. Mm. You know, everyone has a master's. Everybody has done this, done that. Mm. They're all like in the highest forms of their profession. Mm. My brother went to MIT. He like has his own apps, mm. things like that. So it's just kind of like how my family is. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad wanted me to go to law school in Nigeria just in case I ever wanted to sort of practice here or, you know, if I got any Nigerian cases, it won't, you know, I'd be allowed yeah, to. Yeah. Um, so I said, okay, cool. Came here, did law school. Um, it was all right. Have you ever been to Buari? The law That's the, the law Abuja one? Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say I tried. Tell me about the, <laughs> the shock. Coming from, I mean, you had, you had schooled in in England. You had, you had done your master's in England as mm-hmm. well. You had worked in mm-hmm. Lebanon. And now you're coming to Nigeria law school. So it, it was, I remember the first day because they said all um, bar one students had to do bar one, like bar one is foreign students. Mm-hmm. So we all had to go to Bori like by force type thing and stay there. Mm-hmm. I remember the first night that we slept there. I know. 
we saw it was there was a bug. It was green, red, yellow, and blue. Come back. What insect has all these many colors? I was like, what's what the like exotic? We, we, we were screaming. I said insects coat of many colors. We were mm. screaming. Like everybody woke up. It was a big deal. Mm. Anyone that was in my year, if you ask about me and Data, they'll remember. We started screaming because the thing was flying everywhere in the room. So everyone came out. What's going on? What's like they came to pick us up that night at 4 a.m. The drivers came from town. I was like, I cannot stay here. What is going on? It was terrible. Like, they, terrible. Uh, uh, it was bad. Uh, uh, Tell me it was bad. It was bad. I have friends who went to law school. It they survived was bad. It. But, so, so, I'm sure that you're the girl that everybody was like, where's this one coming from now? With this accent and everything. <laughs> I, so, I, I, I'm also curious. Have you always gotten... Because also, like, women can be confident, but if they're too confident, it's also an issue for people, it works right? Issue. Especially in this space where... Especially because you have an accent, first of all. So it will always pose a problem. Have you always faced is- like issues with people just because you are Chioma? And this is who you are, but yeah. it must always irritate some people, Sha. It does, I feel like. Um, but to me, I look at it as that's, that's a you problem. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. I'm who I am. I'm yeah. always going to be that girl. Mm-hmm. Always been that girl. Mm. So the sooner you get used to it, the better for your chest because I'm not changing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not changing. Mm-hmm. And... Truth be told, yes, I might appear a certain kind of way, mm-hmm. like, you know, overconfident and all of this stuff. But I'm, if you know me, I'm such a down-to-earth person. Do you mm-hmm. understand? I, I honestly couldn't be any more different from the way that I appear or my exterior right. or whatever aura right. that I apparently give off. You know, right. I'm just, I'm so goofy and fun. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know me, you're not going to really know that side of me. Yeah. You know, so people kind of like just judge me from the way that I look or how I, I how I appear or what they think that I am. Even in law school, the, the teachers, they used to be so mean to me. Like, you know, whenever I would come, they would always have one issue. Your skirt is too tight. Mm. But five people walked ahead of me and their skirts were even tighter. Why is mine an issue? You know, I would sometimes maybe come a little bit late. And, you know, when, pe- <laughs> when, pe- when I come <laughs> early and people come late, they let them in and they go and sit down. Mm. But when it's my turn, they'll tell me, go and stand on stage and face the class. <laughs> I'm like, but why? I don't like. Why is my own different? I don't get yeah. it. You know, so I, I always get singled out for being that girl. But honestly, even though it's a, it's a curse, it's also a blessing because it means that when people are spotting potential, I get spotted out. You know, when people who have good hearts and are not mm. complex ridden, they can see like the the the. I don't know what to call it, but like that glory or that mm-hmm. grace over your life, they can spot it and they basically like you know, use it in ways that benefit me, mm. you know. But of course, there are people that just don't understand it. They're never going to understand that grace. It will nev- never really resonate well with them. And I can't help those people. Fair enough. Tell me about the relationship between you and your parents and siblings. Who are you closest to? Ooh, it's tough. I, if, I, if, if I say now, if somebody watches yeah. it, <laughs> they should watch and know me. where you stand in this um, family. I'm close to my entire family. We're very, very close knit unit. Mm-hmm. My mom... I love so dearly. My mom is just the kindest, the sweetest. The other day, my sister posted, she just posted a picture of my mom and she was like, I love this woman so, so much. Like, I just, I don't know what I'll do without you. And I was like, what does she do? And she was like, just everything. You know, so it wasn't like one specific act, but it's like, you know when somebody's so kind and so caring that and maternal and Mm. you know she's just i can't even wait to have kids because i just want mommy take 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 because Mm. i know that they're in perfect hands Mm -hmm. safest hands you know Mm. my mom would literally do anything for her children and i feel like just watching that growing up is probably why i'm the way that i am today in terms Mm -hmm. of just being caring and kind even at home my 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 staff know 
my mate, and I'm always like, oh, give this person food, she'll start frowning. I'm like, why are you frowning? Why are you wicked? Give the person food. Because mm-hmm. the way that we were raised right. is, you know, share, care for mm-hmm. people, like host people, be nice, be kind, open mm-hmm. your doors. I have about like 15 cousins coming to my house this Christmas. Why? Because everyone that says, oh, can I stay in your house? I'm like, no problem. If you don't mind the mattress on the floor, or on the sofa, or on the bed, anywhere, because I mean, I only have like fuck five rooms and there's so many people coming but Mm -hmm. that's just me open everyone come it's okay we'll figure it out you know even if i have to give up my bed for four of them to sleep Ah. it's fine (laughs) i'm not like that too (laughs) i'm nice but i'm not like i'm not like that but but i hear you yeah and Um, then my dad everyone mm. is my best i feel like you you talk about your daddy lots my best mom Mm. does get jealous that's why Mm. i said let me start with her but i feel like you know daddy's girl you you give me daddy daddy's girl my dad understands me yeah what do you mean he but knows he, how to talk to me. Right. You know, I as a can, cancerians are very like protective of their space and their energy. So mm-hmm. you can two people can tell me the same thing, and depending on how you communicate it to me, that's gonna determine how I react or if I do the thing that you're telling me to do. So or it's if softer I do the with you. So, so my mom is she's she says it as it is. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. Why are you doing that show? Leave that show. I've told you about that. <laughs> ah, ah, mommy. Okay, I'm gonna do the show. Do you understand? Let's mm-hmm. see. My dad's like, you know, you've done well you've gotten all the experiences that you want which is what life is about you know i think it's time to move on to better but that's my dad mm. you know what daddy no problem say no more i understand what you're saying do you understand so, mm-hmm. that's so it's easier to take take his own advice it's easier to take it yeah. in you know so he can get me to do anything just with the way that he communicates mm. i feel like he understands me and we get along really well we also have the same personality to a certain extent mm-hmm. um very tough mm. go-getters um you know always striving for more overly ambitious my mom's a nine-to-fiver like she wasn't i mean she mm. she had a like fashion business but she's just like a diligent worker nine mm. to five my dad's like different businesses different things so many properties building this building mm. that genocide so mm-hmm. he was like that hustler and i feel like mm-hmm. that's where i got it from um but yeah super close to both my friends love them tell them everything we have a family group we communicate we communicate everything they all know that i'm here today you know mm. that kind of thing so yeah that's a good thing um, speaking of being overly ambitious, I, I heard that you had opened a business when you were 18. Mm. What business was that? It was Good Hair. So mm. Good Hair is the first actual business that we opened. And was it was, like it's Good Hair that old? Good Hair is old. Good Hair is going on like 15. We've had it for Yo. 14 years. I'm not joking. We Tell had... me about what, what inspired... Uh, first of all, as an 18-year-old, you name your business Good Hair. Where did the name come from? What inspired it? And you did it with Kika, mm-hmm. right? How? How? So I think I feel like with good hair, the name we wanted something obvious, and it was hair that was good. So good hair, you know, it just made sense to name it that. And in terms of why we started, I went like we stumbled across the business. I don't like to pretend and be like, oh, you know, yes, yeah, so organized, and we decided mm. it wasn't that. My hair was always banging. Kika's hair was always banging. How did I meet Kika? We lived in the same student halls. We'd walk past each other every single day. I'm like, who's this fine girl? <laughs> and she was like, who's this put together girl? <laughs> you know, and you know how women are. We will never yeah. speak. We'll just cross paths like that. And so one day, I think it must have choked us. I don't know who spoke to the who. I say Kika spoke to me first. Kika's under trauma. You spoke to me first. But anyways, we spoke and we actually swapped hairdressers numbers because I was like, who does your hair? Who does your lace? Kika has always had the best. You know that what lace, that started from Kika. Like, her lace is, I didn't even, I was like, who does your hair? She was like, it's actually a lace wig. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, okay, girl, can I have your lace wig person's number? So she gave it to me. She's like, but your bundles are so lush. Like, where, where'd you get this amazing quality hair from? I gave her the hookup. So literally that's, you know, so Kika will buy 
bundles for my person. I'll buy lace from her person. We're rocking lace wigs in literally 2008. Nobody had, nobody even understood what yeah. lace was. Like yeah. back then, where only Beyonce used to rock it. We were sewing it in. We were sewing it in. Lucy got their front hair. We were rocking that lace. And I think it was like maybe like two months after we met, we went into business together and not even because we planned oh yeah let's be business partners i wanted to for me like the hair that i used to buy was so expensive tin san imagine one thousand pounds as a student like how much is my pocket money were they selling hair for what one thousand pounds yeah, that time that's because it was so difficult <clears throat> to get it it's not that you can get hair for cheap mm. back then like authentic raw hair mm-hmm. it cost a lot in 2008 when i was in nigeria i was still, I was still in nigeria but it was where did they do synthetic cool? yeah so human hair cost a lot so human hair already existed then it existed then mm. but it was so expensive so right. it wasn't affordable for definitely not students you know but back then i would organize events and parties which was actually my first business but i didn't even realize it was a business i just thought mm. i was throwing parties and charging people and collecting their money mm. you know so i would save up a lot of money from that Obviously, mix that with my pocket money, you know, buy hair, do lifestyle. And then I was like, this is, it was too expensive. So I needed to find suppliers that, you know, mm. I was like, these people, they're buying it from somewhere. Mm. Remember, I'm an Ibu girl from Anambra. I was like, me too, let me find this supplier. So I did research, did, re- did research, found the supplier, you know. And I promise you, I wasn't even trying to get the hair to sell at the time. Was I was just like, I want to just be changing cheaper. my looks up yeah. and down. It was just cheaper. So I ordered like 12 bundles installed like four or five very full hair went to uni and everyone's like, oh my god your hair's amazing where'd you get it from I shop sell- Ibugo. i was I like sell it. i sell it energy <laughs> i sell it and they were like how much and just off the top of my head i gave them the price that i was buying it for anyway and they just they were like no problem i sold it that first day everything was sold the was ones like, that you bought for everything yourself. that i bought plus the ones on my head i think i even uninstalled it packed the foot like I you, like, you called the I said, please, oh, <laughs> bring like, 10 more. Like, I was like, I need like 50 more. And I was like, this could be a really good, like, the money was so quick. So it was like blood money. I was like, what? And the profit margins with hair back then, I went like, it was ridiculous. It was crazy. So I was like, oh my God, like this could be a really good business. Because not so, not so many people were selling human not hair. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I only knew two other people at the time literally and they packed up shop literally like a year after we opened yeah. so it wasn't even something that like people could really afford it was so this was the thing pricey. you guys were doing in uni from your host from yeah. your houses i like... was in uni kika just finished uni right. and so yeah from our homes literally mm-hmm. like just in our bedrooms the bundles would be there would sell and i said kika you know do you want to start this as a business she was like, yeah, yeah sure why not she had a lace supplier i had the hair supplier so we put it together and that's how we started this business what did the name come from good hair it's hair, that's good. Good hair, simple. So you guys just thought, you know, let's just call it good hair. It was under like 20 seconds. I love it. Yeah. It's synergy. It's but I'm wondering where this switch came from because you've been a tomboy and now being the girl that's laying your hair, <laughs> doing bundles. When did the switch happen? I can't really pinpoint when, but I feel like, I kind of remember like, you know, in, in secondary school in England, having a crush on this boy mm. and just thinking in my head like, he's not going to like me if I look like a boy. To understand he's not gonna like me <laughs> i'm wearing the Jump. same outfit that he's wearing so let me start to switch it up a little bit and yeah that's kind of like how it changed it wasn't like a conscious oh I'm, I'm gonna stop being a tomboy but it was just like okay let me start like let me wear earrings let me wear like let me get like kitten heels let me put a little <sighs> bit of makeup on like little things like that and then it just spiraled man to get power <laughs> Shama became a fabulous girl because of man <laughs> Let it be, let it be known that the only reason why you have the fabulous chama is because a man triggered that. Yeah, but um, I so yeah, I 
I hear you and, you know, your relationship with Kika and opening a business together. But I really want to know your relationship with Kika. I feel like you guys have been friends for the longest time. You guys are, like, support to each each other, right? What is that relationship like? What's the dynamic of that relationship like beyond business? Um, It's always been really great. I've like, Kika's my sister. Do you know what I mean? People don't even know if we're blood sisters or not mm-hmm. because she's my sister. Yeah. I'm her sister. And that's pretty much what it is. Um, So with everything that we do, it's a sibling type relationship. I understand her to a T. She understands me to a T. So it's just one of those things where... Like, we don't even really argue, to be honest with you. You know, when you understand somebody so much that even if they say X, Y, Z, you know that that is her personality or she knows Chama's just saying this because she feels passionate about the topic, not because she's trying to be mm. rude or, you know, Kika is deciding to do this because that is who Kika is. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? So I, I will never judge her for anything. So mm. that's just how our relationship has always been. Um, we we're also very similar in the sense that we like nice things. We both love lifestyle. You yeah. know, I was yeah. always that girl. Kika was always that girl. And mm-hmm. imagine both of us coming together. Yeah. And as God will have it, there was never any like envy or jealousy or I want to be better than this. Mm-hmm. Maybe us being business partners helped because it meant mm-hmm. that, you know, we were breaking in the same amount of money so we both could afford at the same time to do mm-hmm. the exact same thing. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, Kika, do you know what? Let's do Paris tomorrow. We're gone. Let's go to New York. We're gone. Oh my God, I really love this black Chanel bag. Let's buy it. Okay, I'll get it in white. You get it in black. And then we could swap sometimes. You know, so it was so perfect. It was so easy. And I always wanted, like, I've always wanted to be a twin. You know, it's something that, like, inherently, like, I just used to pray to God, why am I not a twin? Why? And that's why I really want twin girls, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, so and my older sister, she's three years older than me. When we were young, I'd always try and wear her dresses and things like that, or, like, beg her to wear the same color. And she'd be like, no, go away. <laughs> you know? So Kika was, like, that person mm-hmm. that I had that, and coincidentally, we would always dress alike. We would always come out in the same outfit, mm-hmm. literally, because we thought alike so yeah, much. Yeah. And people would think that we planned it and we didn't. And Loki, I'd be so happy because I always wanted a twin, mm-hmm. you know. So it worked out really well. Um, and with Kika, it was always like a good cop, bad cop type mm-hmm. thing. You know, either I was being the good cop and she was being the bad cop, mm-hmm. or I was being the bad cop and she was being the good cop. But we we balanced each other out so well. And, I, and we still do, to be honest. We still balance each other out so, so well that it works. Even with our relationships with other people, mm-hmm. you know, even with our relationships with clients, right. like I'm, so people say Kika's friendlier. It's not like she's friendly and I'm not friendly, but mm-hmm. Kika opens up faster. Do you know really? what I mean? Yeah, she actually does. Like she will come here and be like, hi guys, how's everyone? That's her personality. Whereas I'm just like sat down and then 10 minutes in, I'm like yeah. just staying mm-hmm. and playing, you know, but it, I almost have to settle in and observe. And take, in the room. And take mm-hmm. it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she appears more friendly and, but in terms of like maybe discount, you don't mm. want to ask Kika for discount, but she's not giving you anything. <laughs> she will laugh and smile and play and you think, ah, oh, this is a nice one. Let's ask her for discount. She'll be like, ah, sorry, auntie, you ah, we, we can't, you know. Do. Whereas I might even be like, oh yeah, you can have it for half price, you mm. know. So it just, we've just always balanced each other out, to mm. be honest. Um, and yeah, it's just, I don't know, we had like certain rules, like if a guy tries to talk to Kika, you can never try and talk to me, you know. Ah. Yeah. What if that guy is supposed to be your husband? The husband mm-hmm. that got that sent we, we don't do that. We don't do that. If I find if somebody tries to move to me and I find out that oh you moved to Kika in the past dead if you try and move to me and you try and move to Kika dead and some people have tried it then we'll both disgrace you. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, well, you will call me and the speaker Kika will not answer the phone. You will not explain how you're trying to move to her sister like when if, you move to her. No, in ex- the past. you guys don't make exception for that. Mm-mm. What if it's a guy that you really like? I mean, you could. There's too many men in the world. 
There's too many fish in the sea. Why are we struggling with one man? We don't do that. What if what if you take permission from Kika? Like Kika, I like this boy. I mean, unless that, like if it, if, if it was such a deep situation where I really, really love the person or really, really like him mm-hmm. and I've been talking to him for ages and I didn't realize he ever tried to talk to Kika and I ask her, please give me permission. If she says yes, go for it. Fine. If she says no, I'm cutting him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that deep. <laughs> That's true friendship. But it works because why do women have issues? It's little things like that. Yes. Number yes. one, it's always guys, mm, you know, one guys. guy comes in between, one person likes the, you know, mm-hmm. I think that there are times where maybe I've liked some, a guy, he's liked her, you know, she'll cut him off just so I feel better or vice versa. That's you know, amazing. she likes him, he likes me, she, you know, I'll cut the person. So we do things like that. So a guy's not coming in between our relationship, number one. Number two, in terms of like girls, don't think that you'll be rude to me and then go and be best friends with her tomorrow. It's not going to happen. Do you understand? She'll put you at arm's length and vice versa. So you guys are literally soldiers for each other. That's it. You have to be. I love it. You have to be. But do you guys fight? We don't, funny enough. Like I said, because we understand each other. If we have a slight disagreement, just like with your sibling, like if we both, there's a topic that we don't agree on, we discuss it, we talk about it and we move on from it. But that, oh, I'm keeping my list with Kika. That's never happened. I don't know what it feels like to not talk to Jonathan. We don't have that relationship where we keep man this all. And also, we don't let people come into... Like, if you're going to be my friend, you're going to be our friend. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. We have other friends, of course, but you have to get along with her. come and divide. And if you're going to be friends with Kika, you have to get along with me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you are the person that will suffer because we'll both end up kicking you out. That's amazing. That's mm-hmm. amazing friendship. So tell me about moving the business to Nigeria. What Like, I mean, it's one thing to run a business abroad, but... Bringing it to Nigeria, you know, Nigeria is a crazy place to run a business. So you guys brought good hair here and you guys also have brass and copper, right? Tell me about running that business here. Um, Why we brought good hair to Nigeria in the first place is because obviously we're Nigerian girls. So we have a lot of Nigerian, you know, clients, um, followers and stuff like that. So we would always like ship hair from London to Lagos and Abuja mm-hmm. via DHL. Even when I was in law school in Abuja, we would be shipping via DHL. It just didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what, let me take a couple bundles to Nigeria. And back then, I used to sell the hair from the boot of my car. I just had bundles laid out <laughs> in the boot of my car. A client would order, I'll drive to the mm-hmm. person's house, mm-hmm. bring out the bundles, go and mm-hmm. deliver, take a hairstylist and be there whilst, you know, they install the hair. Yeah, we always try to provide a person. And I think that's why people loved us, you know, because mm-hmm. even though we were fancy and fabulous, we always yeah. provided that personal service. You applied to yourself to the world. Yes. Yeah. And even though we weren't, we're not hairstylists, like I'm not a hairstylist, mm-hmm. neither is Kika, but we would go with the hairstylist to make sure that the hair looks perfect and looks nice and all of that stuff. And people just loved us for it. For it. You know, they, it's good hair, but it was we were selling a lifestyle mm-hmm. with it. Um, but yeah, so by the time, I think I got tired of selling hair from the boot of my car. It wasn't making sense. It was just, <laughs> I was like, I cannot be driving all over Lagos like a delivery person. So it made sense that we opened something here, you know, and we also wanted to control the way the hair was looking and the way the hair was coming out because yes, you can someone can buy the hair, but if it's not installed properly, it can look like a hot mess. So opening the salon was kind of like, you know, ensuring that we control the entirety mm-hmm. of the business. And yeah, it was very tough, extremely tough. You know, I don't think that anybody that runs a business in Nigeria will tell you that it's easy or yeah. it's smooth sailing. Yeah. It is not. It's really, really difficult, really difficult. So yeah, we definitely had our fair share of like suffering, you know, from stuff like stealing from you. In fact, it's, it's the ones that you're nicest to that it, will finish you off. And this hair is costly. They will. They're I remember. Expensive. I remember the one girl. She was called Cynthia. She's very chubby, like a little. She's like a 
I think she was a cleaner at the time, mm -hmm. but Kika because really, Kika loves traveling people, mm. so she just really loved this Cynthia girl. So every time Kika will arrive at work, Cynthia will run. We'll arrive together. She will. She wouldn't even look at me. She will run. Madam Kika, Madam Kika. She'll carry Kika's bag, take it into the office, and then you know that was that was her role. Right. Drop it in the office. We'll both you know we'll go to work. Blah blah. So every time Kika will be like, oh Chum, I'm going to the cash point. Why are you going to the cash point? You went there yesterday. She's like, I need to withdraw money, and every time she'll withdraw hundred k. I'm like, but I don't understand. Like after work, we had dinner. Our bill was 20k. Mm -hmm. Why are you withdrawing 100k? Mm -hmm. And she'll mm -hmm. tip tip, but like, I was like, I don't why are you withdrawing 100k every mm -hmm. day. She's like, I don't know. The, I don't understand Naira. My, my Naira keeps finishing. I don't understand. I said, it's like, is it? I don't understand Naira for me. Kika, please. <laughs> 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 I love it. I don't it. understand Naira. It keeps finishing. I'm like, yeah, but 100k every day. This is not adding up. So I was like, so anyways, and then she tried the wrong person. One time I'd gone to London, a client needed to give money to somebody, so she gave me pounds. Me, I'm an able girl. I remember, like... Listen, you will <laughs> I, come down. To, to the very last tea. So came to the office the next day. You know, Cynthia did her usual. Madam Kika, Madam Kika took her back to the office. And then we arrived in the office. And I kept the money in the office. I didn't even count the money. I just looked at the... I said, this money's not complete. <laughs> I said, this money's not complete. It is not complete. And between when I left that money the night before and the next day, the only other person that entered that office was that girl, Cynthia. I said, Cynthia, come in here. What happens to my mom? I don't know. I don't... She was gone in. I don't know, Matt. I didn't take the money. I said, Cynthia, you took... I said, go and call police. They call police, everything. I trust my drone police. Anyway, turns out that little Miss Chubby Cynthia had been stealing money from Kika every single day. That's cold. She was... So she would just... She said she'd confess. So whenever she'll take the bag and she'll just take a huge bundle. And the moment she realized that Madame Kika didn't understand, like, Naira, or she would just... She stole, like, maybe, like, six million from us at the time. How long did she work with you guys? She was there for, like, maybe, like, at this point, like, maybe over a year. She stole so much money, plus including the pounds that I'd caught her. Did she ever return? How can... How can... And we should have listened because the staff, they used to tell us that, ah, ah. They hated her because they're like, ah, this Cynthia, she, you know, she used to tell them, I'm going to have lunch, I'm going to foodies, I'm going to um Also, oh, maybe this, the other staff assumed that they used to dash her money so too much. So they hated, you know, and she used to boast like, I'm, please, please, you should go and eat your mama. I'm going to foodies, I'm going to, ah, to the Foodies? Place. Yes, I'm going to the place. And she'll come with like plenty, food. you know, she liked food. Mm -hmm. Plenty food, nice bread for lunch every day. And then if you're nice to her, she'll just dash you 1K, 2K. If I was a colleague, I would hit that too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would hit that too. Stolen Nina, money. Stolen money. So, uh, and, and that's, I, I have a lot of friends who complain about staff. Like, like staff is such a problem in Nigeria that you can you can have a great business, have a great template, but your staff can literally run the business aground. Like mm. from restaurants to just places that offer services. Because when you're not there, they represent you. And sometimes the staff just want to do their job and not even do their job, just come and collect their money and leave. Yeah. So you're exposed a lot. Yeah. And it must be hard. And it's really hard. But sometimes I, I try to think, right? Because I'm like, okay, do you know what? Let me put myself in this person's shoes. Right. And I think that the problem honestly stems from the government and mm -hmm. the minimum wage. Right, right. I remember coming to Nigeria and wanting to pay our staff a certain amount or like on a certain level. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, hey, don't do that. Or no, that's mm -hmm. not how they pay people in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. You need to pay X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, really? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, in England, our staff in England honestly earn 20 times more yeah. than the staff yeah. in Nigeria. So I was like, but mm. why would you pay? They were like, don't come and spoil it for us. So just pay everybody actually, the, actually. the wages. And so when I think about it, I'm like, but honestly, how do you expect people to survive? survive you know, yeah. if you pay somebody as much as they they have rent, mm -hmm. they have 
um, transportation. Right. They have feeding costs. Mm -hmm. Some of these people have children that they also have to educate. And right. there's hospital, you know, it's like, how? It's tough. I don't know that if I was a Nigerian stuff, I wouldn't also join in the bandwagon of take, do you understand? Because mm -hmm. how are they supposed to survive? Mm -hmm. And a lot of bosses, when they, when their staff go to them and ask for like, you know, loans or like mm -hmm. help with their rent and mm -hmm. stuff, they turn them away. Yeah. You know, and it's not to say I don't understand where the bosses are coming from because how many people's rents can you pay and how many people's, you know, mm -hmm. are you going to loan money to? But it's just, it's really, really difficult, you know? And I feel like, honestly, something must give because otherwise it will be a vicious cycle. Right. And if you're only making as much as allows you come, you're literally getting paid just to survive. It's a cycle. Yes. They, how, yeah. how many Nigerian staff actually have savings or can say, oh, I'm building a house here or, you know, putting money towards my pension or anything? They really can't. And it's gotten tougher. Yeah, it's tougher. So yeah. at the end of the day, honestly, you say, oh yeah, they act like, oh, they're just coming to work. And that is the case. They're just coming to survive. You know, so why are they going to put their all into your business when they're literally just coming to survive? You know, so that's why you have to like, and I think we obviously learned that as time went on, you have to give extra incentives, mm -hmm. you know, things here and there that will encourage them, you know, whether it's like loans or bonuses mm. or, right. you know, just, I know how many people we pay their children's school fees mm -hmm. or like, you know, their rents and things like that because you have to, you mm. actually have to, you know, otherwise you're going to have a bunch of monsters working for you. Fair enough. I, I hear you. Let's talk about um, reality TV, right? I'm, I want to know what your disposition was when you first heard about um, Real Housewives were you did you take time to ponder about it or did you just jump at it because also like it's a lot of exposure for you how when when you first got the call that you were going to be a cast member how did you take that I mean I didn't get called I didn't they didn't say well, you're going to be a cast member they were like oh we would like for you to and I was just like do you have the right person like why me do you mm -hmm, understand mm -hmm. what's my business with Royal Housewives and plus like I'm not I'm even not a, a housewife yeah. Yeah. I'm not married no kids like what is the deal and they were like oh no you don't have to be married you just have to be a boss babe you know to mm. be on the show so I was like okay yeah but I'm not a public person right. like, I'm not in entertainment right. I'm not right. about this life and I don't care to be you know how mm. some people wake up and from childhood they want to be stars they want to be superstars they want to be famous they want I would to have be... assumed that that's what you wanted not to... at all not at all is this your lifestyle got... Chema? huh? But it's your lifestyle. You're huge. But it's for me. Do you know what I mean? It, I, I show as much as I want you to see. Right. I control what I put out right. to the public. Right. So I love, my middle name is Obiageli. It means somebody that came into the world to enjoy wealth. Energy. Obi. <laughs> so like, for me, like, it's just something that, it wasn't about people's perceptions of what it looked mm -hmm. like or how it appeared mm -hmm. or showing off. I'm, I don't even show off. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. I actually do not show off. So this is off. you. This is just me. Mm. If I show off, people would die. Do you understand? I don't show off. <laughs> Jamal, please, no. Please, show off. <laughs> no, like, I'm humble. So, mm -hmm. one, you know, <clears throat> being out there, being in entertainment, being in that space is not something that I cared for or was interested in. Mm -hmm. So, when they came, it even, like, my heart was beating. Why did these people want me to come and be putting my life out mm -hmm. there? Do you understand? Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed my privacy. I do my own thing. I don't really want to ever be in a situation where people are scrutinizing me mm -hmm. or having like unsolicited opinions on the way that I live my life or the things that I do or the decisions that I make, mm -hmm. you know, but they convinced me. And I think for me, like understanding that it would give me more visibility for my businesses as a true Uber girl that I am. I'm like, you know what? Actually, I could probably make more money, mm -hmm. you know, from mm -hmm. this show or being on the show. So let me just see. And plus mm -hmm. I needed a challenge at the time. Right. Everything was running so smoothly. Money was coming and I was good. So I was like, mm what's the worst that's that can new. happen? You know, spoke to my family members. They were like, okay, like I said, they're very supportive. Trust me. I know in the house of us, they were not happy. Mm. They were just like, what's, what's all this? Do you understand? And my family are just so cool, calm and collected. For them, 
they they didn't need that kind of exposure. Do you understand? I remember my sister categorically said to me, she goes, but what if people don't like you? I said, but what if they do? She's like, I don't care, but what about the ones that don't? She was like, if they start insulting you, she goes, you, you're strong, you can take it. I cannot take it, you know? And like I said, we're so close. Everyone's so like intertwined in each other's lives. So insulting me, it's like you're insulting my sister. If, if my sister wakes up and sees on Instagram, you know, this chama good hair is not the girl she thinks she did. It, it had her day, she, you've ruined her day. Do you know what I mean? So she was just like, don't do it. I beg you, don't do it. Because I won't be able to handle it, you know. Um, but of course, I was like, you know what? Let me just see how it goes. You know, being the stubborn person I, that mm-hmm. I am. I was like, let me see how it goes. And I and I, I agreed to do it. After the first season, what, what did you think about it? They hated it. I don't think one, I don't think there's any member of my family. My mom's side of the family extended. My dad's side of the family extended. My grandmother, everybody was calling me. They were like, do not, let me not hear that. Mm? In Igbo, let me not hear that you're going back on that show. What kind of nonsense is that? You don't need to be around those people. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're not from that um, crop of life. You know, mm-hmm. they were just like, why are you doing this? Like, mm-hmm. what's, you're already famous. You're already popular. Mm-hmm. Your businesses mm-hmm. are going well. You don't need the money. Why mm-hmm. are you doing this? Why are you putting yourself through this? You know? And I think for them, just seeing like, Maybe some of the comments. Yeah. And it's reality TV. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Right. Some people are going to love you. Some people are going to hate you. Mm. And it doesn't matter what you do or who you are. There's some people that have decided, this trauma good hair, I hate her. So tell me something. Even if I lick the ground, they will still be like, why are you licking the... You know, they're going to have an issue with it. You know, and the people that love you, regardless of what you do. Mm-hmm. So I think for my family, they just didn't like the fact that, number one, I had to be around, you know, some of the ladies. Um, obviously, some of the arguments, the fights, they're just like, you don't go through this in real life. Why are you subjecting yourself to this level of torment and torture and negativity and toxicity? Mm-hmm. You know, they hated it completely. And they were all like, don't do it again. What did you think about it after the first season? I absolutely hated it. I hated, like, I was just like, God, like, why would you even allow me make such a decision? Because I feel like everything in my life is God-led, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. If there's anything you know about me, we, we go to the same yeah, church. Yeah. I don't play with my God. I'm yeah. extremely spiritual. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every single thing that I do in life has been directed by God. Mm-hmm. It's a part of God's plan. It's a part of my story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like God has always led me down the right path. Mm-hmm. You know, so with Real Housewives and coming out of it, of uh, you know, the first season, there was a lot of misrepresentation. There's so many things that appeared the exact opposite of what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, like me coming across as disloyal me, me. It's not possible. Do you understand? I just told you now, I'll cut off the love of my life because of my best okay, friend. Yeah. You know, so how can I, how can anybody even ever look at me and say, oh, this girl's not loyal. Mm. I am loyalty itself. Do you understand? So things like that, I'm just like, no, I cannot have my, my narrative being determined or decided by a production crew. It just mm. doesn't make any sense. And I cannot have people thinking that I'm different to who I really am. Mm-hmm. And I just really hated it. The toxicity. Like I said, I'm not used to that. Mm. You know, any at least in our social circle and the spaces that you see me in, you see me like, you know, I don't get into arguments with people. Yeah. I, like, mm-hmm. I'm out here to have a good time. You just want to dress life. up and show I up. I just want to look pretty, you know? <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. every day is one fight. And I felt like every time I had to come to like, a gathering of the ladies, like I'll be having anxiety because I don't know, I don't know who's gonna pop off that day. I don't know who has you in mind, who has planned for you. And honestly, there's sometimes you come there, I'm like, hey girls, and they're like, hey you, you're. What's but it's 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 a reality show, right? It's just it's it's not part of the scripting for for you guys to give us drama. I feel like they stay up things so that you guys would. So give I'll, us content. I'll, I'll be honest with you, Temu San. Season one is season one was very different from season two. Right. I feel like in season one, people were a bit more authentic. Right. Not that certain people were not playing the script mm-hmm. and being overly dramatic and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I feel like 
you you got more of a reality and that's my personal opinion being inside of it season one season two trauma is trauma do you understand mm-hmm. what you see is what you get who mm-hmm. you saw me then is still what you're mm-hmm. seeing yes there might be certain influences here and there naturally however like i i wouldn't say that i, I wouldn't say that i've changed the core of who i am mm-hmm. because of the show mm-hmm. i feel like certain people are definitely putting on an act you know whether they yeah. want to be more significant or more relevant because i imagine that you know after the first season i think some people will sit, sit with their friends say ah man they you know give us drama for this for this season no please go on go and do then more now they're going crazy now they go off now and they're acting like out of character crazy. like i don't even know if it's out of character you think maybe, that's what maybe that's it's what the true characters coming out hmm. maybe that's what it is i don't know but um but yeah and of course it's a show so there is like the entertainment value you know aspect of it that mm-hmm. is necessary mm-hmm. they don't give you a script it's not a movie where they're like oh yeah here say mm-hmm. this and then respond mm-hmm. that no mm-hmm. but of course i feel like everybody understands that there has to be a form of drama so Maybe the way that somebody would have necessarily reacted to a situation in real life might not be the mm-hmm. same as the mm-hmm. way that they'll react on the show. Maybe mm-hmm. they overreact to make it more juicy or spicy. Mm-hmm. But then it's annoying because for me, and I always say to them, guys, if you want to do drama, tell me now, let me know that you're doing drama so I can join you. And mm-hmm. it's not that deep. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you have a script in your head and you don't communicate that with me and you come with your wickedness, you're going to, do you understand, spark up something in me mm-hmm. that I wouldn't necessarily want to, you know, have wanted to, to mm-hmm. bring up. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like how the drama kicks off, you know. So you, you know one of the things that I so sometimes when I watch the show and and you know because also I'm I mean I'm in this space where we create content, we do like acting and everything, you know. Even with TVT Pod, there are things that I that I will say here that I will beg the people behind the camera not to let out because to cause mm. a ruckus on social media. But like there's some things that I watched in season one. I'm just like, do you guys have any? power to say you know what take that out from from the from the final clip we don't want it out there we don't want a certain narrative because i just feel like some things that that made it to the because i've seen the first season right and i'm just like you know if i was her i would have told them cut that out because that's a bad narrative for me do you have that much power to say no (laughs) the question is what power do we have you're talking about that much okay so when you sign your contract that's it i mean I didn't realize this, do you understand? I felt like, because, you, you, I don't know, yeah, there's the contract, but you also feel like we're all human beings. So, of mm-hmm. course, there are just certain things that you would not put out about another person, especially if you know it's not true, you know? But I think what I didn't realize, especially because, like I said, I wasn't in that entertainment space, reality TV could not have been further away from my life's agenda. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, you know, for them, the drama is imperative. Drama sells. Yeah. So anything that makes you look as dramatic as possible, anything that would, you know, spark up the most conversation, anything mm-hmm. that has the most talkability, that is what they're going to use, mm-hmm. you know. There are certain things that happen that I categorically remember saying, please, I beg you in the name of God, don't put this in the show because it's not a good look. <laughs> in fact, that scene might be the longest scene in that, ep- you know, so it's like, of course, they're not going to take it out. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any, like, I wouldn't, like, mm, you, when you sign your contract, like, you understand you like, agreed you almost agreed mm, to like mm, whatever they show you know mm. but i feel like certain cast members have appealed to production to just be like you know can you not put this here because this can affect me that it could be detrimental to my life my career my, mm-hmm. my marriage my mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. my future prospects mm-hmm. and they still put it there you know and i think for me that level of um you know lack of control mm-hmm. that we have is probably the most off-putting thing about reality TV. Yeah. That you're not a producer of, you know. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I can subject myself to that again. Because the truth is, 
some narratives, like, you know, whether you like it or not, people believe what they see or what they read. And how many people are you going to explain to that? It's not true. I'm mm -hmm. not this person. Mm -hmm. I'm not like, do you know? And if you talk, they'll even say, I resist the urge to shalayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayay
of your sewing and actions. And she goes, look at the effort. Who dressed past you? Hmm. Who did this past you? Who showed up past you? She said, you gave us lifestyle. She was like, come back one more season. If you're truly done with the show, then don't do season three. Mm. But for me, come back. Do you regret it? Ha. <laughs> she knows that I'm like yeah every time I'm like, yeah, but yeah, it's, you. Because of you. it's because of you do you understand if not for you this mess mm. this 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 animal dragging me online mm. if not for you it's mm. you she'll mm. now beg me please sorry 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 mm. I'm like okay let's let it slide I don't regret anything that I do in life mm. I don't regret anything that I do in life I feel like everything no matter how irritating the situation is is a part of God's plan mm -hmm. you know God decided that you were going to do Real Housewives for the amount of time that I've decided that you're going to do it and you're doing it because I need to propel you to X, Y, Z. And you need this platform mm -hmm. to do that. Do you mm -hmm. understand? Not mm -hmm. to say that I wouldn't have, you know, propelled even further without the show. Because who knows what the show is even cancelling for me. But it was part of people, the story. Maybe that... people think that I'm toxic. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that's that's the path that God, you know, ordained. And so, mm -hmm. so be it. You know, as much as there's so many cons to the show, right? I'm sure there's some pros to just being a housewife. Because I, I feel like, you know, there's also added to the brand... Um, we with this city, we know you say you're a city girl, but I feel like the world cannot see that she is really that girl. Like, you know, um, from just even watching the talking heads, so you trending on TikTok, you know, to the looks, like, there should be some pros to the show, right? Mm. What are there the are. I mean, definitely, you definitely get, like, a bit more exposure. Um, mm -hmm. You get to meet people you know i think for me like it was more like character development um i've always lived in a bubble around the people that i know mm -hmm. and understand and have people that i have like minds with mm -hmm. and so having to be in a space you know constantly with people that from different works of life people that i may not necessarily have ever even come in contact with mm -hmm. um and just sort of learning to cohabit even if not like on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis but like coexist with mm. i feel like that's definitely like an added you know bonus because for for someone like me who um i don't know i guess for someone like me who's been very like what's the opposite of exposed that's been very sheltered sheltered and guarded and, and shielded. guarded yeah, yeah. I think I needed that. You mm. know, I needed to see that the people... There's life outside of... There's life outside of... The fabulous. There you go. Mm -hmm. Honestly. So, character development, number mm. one. Also, like, just understanding people's personalities and mm -hmm. just being able to, like, you know... Yeah. Just exercise control, you know, patience, mm. self-control. There are times that I've wanted to... Oh, my God. The thoughts in my head. But then I just don't execute what i'm really thinking to mm -hmm. do to the person mm -hmm. so it's like wow i have a lot of self-control i'm it means that i'm ready for marriage trust me because <laughs> it means that like you could you could sit across from somebody <laughs> you could sit across from somebody and the person is chatting the most shit but you and you just compose zen. and you just listen to them not you know it's nonsense but you don't tell them that it's nonsense you just listen and let it go so real housewives give you character development and it actually it actually really really did and honestly you guys see only like I don't know, two minutes yeah. of a five, six, seven hour scene. So you're only seeing like tiny snippets. Clips, yeah. And sometimes it's, it really is misre misrepresented. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody mm -hmm. can come out of a situation looking innocent to the public. Meanwhile, right. that person has been egging everybody on mm -hmm. back to back to back. Mm -hmm. So then you see somebody else's reaction and the person seems crazy. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. this person is really a witch right. behind closed right. doors. Right. You know, so a lot of the time, things are not really as they seem, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, I've also, I have thick skin. I've always had thick skin. 
Um, I'm not someone that's phased. Like, I won't see a comment and feel bad or cry or anything. Really? Yeah, I don't. Think... Really? Yeah. Hey! It, it would as much as, like, irritate me for the moment. But that, oh, I'll have a bad day or no one really... Da, 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 I don't. That's um, I see opposite. it. I might be irritated. I move on from it. That but you... now, <laughs> it's like I'm made of metal. It's <laughs> amazing. That means you can do 10 seasons now. Like... Huh? You can do more seasons because I, I don't think that, you know, one of the reasons why I've always avoided reality is because as much as you can create reality TV, right, it is what it is, right? Mm. And with with this, right, I can tell them to cut out things. I can tell them to, you know, don't put that out. I can choose my narrative. With reality TV, is not so much so. So that's why I can't do 10 more seasons. I can only do 10 seasons of my own reality right. show where I can decide, okay, yeah. do you know what? Yeah, of course, drama sells a little bit, so I don't mind one or two situations that are interesting for the camera, but that cannot be my narrative back to back to back yes. because that is not my yes. narrative in yes. real life. Yes. Do you understand? So, I'm a businesswoman, Tamisan. Money first. Mm-hmm. I'd rather money than fame. Do you understand? Right. I'm right. a go-getter. Yeah. I'm thinking of the next bit. Like, I'm mm. adding more and more and more and more to my portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm an activist. I'm a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I'm a philanthropist. There's so many components that make me mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. How is it that people are seeing, ah, try my high five, sharp as mouth. Mm. That's not, it's not a flex. It's a lie. Is that what yes. they say? <laughs> because everyone feels like, oh, my mouth is so sharp. They love it. Don't get me wrong. They but love Trevor, it. I actually like <laughs> Trevor. It's not a flex. Trevor. <laughs> I like how you did. You can talk to me like, I like, don't talk to me evil. So if it's to me evil, like I, was, I like how assertive you are mm-hmm. on the show. Like it's not say, it's a flex. I want to be assertive on politics. I want to be assertive on current affairs. I want to be assertive on things that you actually can do that. matter. To... No, they're not going to put that None in. They're the... going to cut it out. I don't think out. that you should do that on the show, though. I feel like, you know, the show has given you a platform. I feel like you can now continue telling your own story. Social media, with the work that you do, also you have a foundation already. You can keep telling your own story going forward. I feel like the show is just... A springboard. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like it's not I like, hear you. it's not completely representing who yeah, I am. Some I hear people you. that is what they want. That's yeah. all they have to offer anyway. Do you understand? So mm. it works perfectly for them. And I'm not knocking reality mm-hmm. TV or anybody that goes on there. Mm-hmm. Everyone's different. Everybody has what they're trying to put to the forefront mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. their visibility. For me, it's not drama, mm. you know. And some people might be like, "So why did you go on the show?" I went on the show because I felt like it would be a platform to promote my businesses. Mm-hmm. But if you only show two minutes of my business, and the rest of it is somebody Drama. trying to fight mm. me or me trying to argue mm. it's not a good look mm. I personally don't like it I don't mind it in snippets bits and pieces here and there mm-hmm. but that cannot be my entire narrative yeah. you know and if if you like be dancing like um, in, in the setting I'm the most fun. I'm fun. I like to have fun. I'm mm-hmm. always coming with the shots and the this and the mm-hmm. that. And trust me, half the time, forget the drama. We actually have a good time. We t- see that scene. I don't know if you watched the, the Zaza scene. We t- that night we turned up. We really had a good time. Do you understand? But you don't get to see all of that mm-hmm. on camera. Mm-hmm. You don't see the fun trauma, mm-hmm. the turn up trauma, the one that is like, okay, guys, let's all do this. Mm-hmm. You don't see that. Mm-hmm. You know. But of course, if I'm like, that's what you're seeing. So what happens is that's what sells. That's what sells. But what happens is that is the narrative that is formed. Trauma. You should read you to filth. Let me read you to filth in the courtroom and know me for that, but not necessarily, you know, like if it was compl- if it was balanced, I would do it. Cause I, you know, I don't mind a little bit of mm-hmm. entertainment, but that mm-hmm. cannot be all that I'm seen right, as on. Right. I'm too intelligent for that. Right. You know? Right. So that's what right, irritates right, me. Right, right. So it's almost like they're reducing you to that. Because yes. when I was when you're about to come on, on, on the pod, I was saying that there's so many sides to you that you know that needs to be seen and heard, right? And that's why we're having this conversation. Yeah, I I, I hear you. So I'm I'm sure that, you know. Going forward, you probably will start a reality show that allows you to sell the narrative that you want to sell as who you are. 
Yeah, so maybe we should expect that. What, what, what will we call that show? That would be telling, wouldn't it? Let me think. Let's look for a name. Keeping up with Chi Chi Chi. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on from that. Anything that I do next, I want to add value. I want to be able to inspire young girls. I want them to look at me and be like, oh my God, if she can do it, I can do it too. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's the sort of narrative that I want to push out. That's right. the sort of help that I want to render to those who are coming after me. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? I want, to, I want these girls to look up to me and be like, I want to be her for all the positive, great things about her. You know, minus the dramatic bits because where does that really get you? You know, but I mean, if somebody wants to go on reality TV and be that kind of person, of course, you know, amazing but I, I don't want to be known for just that mm-hmm. I mean I mean, I feel like there's so many parts to you I mean but this is so overbearing that it almost like takes precedent over everything else mm. and it takes up so much of our time as well we film for a very long period mm. so you know I don't know I'm not saying I will do it again or I won't do it again mm-hmm. but yeah something has to give yeah tell me about your foundation the Good Way Foundation, mm-hmm. I love so much, so dear to my heart. It mm-hmm. just, you know, I love, I'm, I'm naturally caring. I love mm-hmm. to help people, mm-hmm. you know, and the Good Way Foundation allows me to do it on a larger scale, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to just like one person here and there, which I do anyway. But then this mm-hmm. just, it, it's like a collective, you know, effort to help as many people as we physically can. Mm-hmm. And um, it was tough, you know. I remember in COVID, so I've always helped people. I've always done this. Um, but in COVID, I think I really started posting a lot more on social media mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I also wanted people to, you know, contribute and help so I can help more people. Because back then, like, remember COVID, everybody was home. Mm-hmm. No one was working. At least you and I have savings or family members. So worst case scenario, even if you're not making money on the go, somebody can give you, you, you mm-hmm. won't go hungry. Yeah. But think about like the bus drivers, for mm-hmm. instance, the Okada drivers, the this, the that. They weren't getting paid salaries. How are they supposed to survive? Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, you know what? Before the poor eat the rich, we better go and help them. And so I'd go out and help and like give food and this and that and stuff. And I'll post about it because I wanted more people to um, help. And I remember these two Agbayas. I remember one Saturday morning vividly. I didn't even see it. It was my sister from America. I didn't even know why she was awake so early. She called me. She was like, uh-uh. is this person talking about you? I said, who? I went and looked at the false page and... I was like, absolutely, because I just posted, you know. She was like, I don't know why people like to help and be announcing this. If you want to help, help privately. Why do you have to let the whole world know that you're helping? You know, that defeats the purpose. You're doing it because you want glory. Another person, hey, everyone's helping because they want to help for clouds. <laughs> Another one said, if your right hand is giving, your left hand must not know to put the Bible. But I'm just like, what is all this nonsense? Do you understand? And you know when you're doing something from the bottom of your heart and then you just have people like, almost like they're not attacking you directly because they dare not but you're Spitting subbing me yeah. and I know you're talking about me because I posted at 11 at 11.02 mm-hmm. you've done your own so obviously they're talking about me and you know as much as like yes don't really care what people say don't give a damn sometimes like you know it can get to you right. and I started to think that are people thinking that this is not genuine are they thinking mm-hmm. I'm trying to get something off of leaving my house smack bang in the middle of COVID mm-hmm. risking my life and my health to mm-hmm. go and help these people you really think that I I doing it for recognition are you kidding I'd had the foundation for at that point maybe like three years Mm -hmm. I was like this is so ridiculous Mm -hmm. you know and what it did was it didn't completely discourage me because I kept going out and you know posting but I I reduced the posting because I was like I don't know if I'm offending people do you understand I'm like is Mm -hmm. this coming across as like Mm -hmm. a bit Mm self-serving you know but then what happened was the money that I was receiving to help these people it just it literally dwindled 
And before you knew it, I was funding every single thing. Oh, so the, the posting helped with people? It helped because oh. everyone, someone would be like, oh, like I'll say, okay, this person doesn't have a house. I'll show you their living conditions. And someone would be like, you know what? I want to pay their rent. And the person will literally house that person. Wow. They will pay for their accommodation. There were some children that I posted. There's somebody, a volunteer in the US is paying their school fees, fees till tomorrow. These two beautiful girls, you know, there was one family that lived in a shed. Somebody got them a place to live. You know, so many cases like that. People, like, they'll just get some, and a lot of people international, because, mm -hmm. you know, of course, they want to help, you know, right, first aid, this aid, that aid. So they always, and when you know a person, like, it's different when you see an advert on TV, you know, saying, oh, help starving children mm -hmm. in Africa. You see one big belly baby, they'll find a crush or victim. Mm -hmm. Because you don't really know where that money's going, so mm -hmm. you, it just, it doesn't but feel, you, like, but it's like, okay, this is Chama Ikoku. I know who she is. I trust her. The girl's mm -hmm. not hungry. If she's posting this, she means it. If she's mm -hmm. left all her fabulosity to go into, you know, this place, she means it. I know that if I'm sending this money over, it is going to the right hands. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and most times I'll just create like a direct link because for me, it's neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. So it, it, a lot of people were being helped. A lot of people were being saved. Mm. And then these Agbaya aunties were posting nonsense and it just really put me off. I feel like that's that's all that she must have you, you know, because people will always talk, right? Mm. But the work is getting done. Mm. Um, your reward is the fact that these people are getting help. So mm. you, you can ignore the... Yeah, not oh no, I, I completely yeah. do. I just I continued, you know, I continued, but like I said, it was self-funded, mm -hmm. paying for everything, and it kind of limited the amount of people that you know I was able to help. But then that's kind of like how Trauma's Closet came about mm -hmm. because that now gave me a platform to basically make money and then put that money towards the foundation. Oh, yeah. So the process from fifty percent of the proceeds. I still even need to run the business now, website, mm -hmm, stuff, everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So fifty percent of the proceeds of my pre-loved items go to the Goodway Foundation. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. How 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 are the sales coming? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's non-stop. Eh? Non-stop. So like is it stuff from your closets or things that you just like? Um, so it's both. Mm -hmm. yeah, I started, I've been wanting to do Chalmers Closet for over three years. I just didn't, I was like, I was afraid, mm. you know. Even of I'm what? A, I'm not selling? I don't know. Like, just so many things. I was like, would Nigerians buy, like, stuff that people have worn? I know Nigerians are so superstitious and overly spiritual. Even when I started, do you know how many DMs? Chama, I hope you took this to church to pray, put the olive oil over this dress before you send it. Ah, ah. I'm like, we would, we would have worked, spray honey mm. water. <laughs> Yeah, they were Africa before. I don't know which one they I would buy. Like, I mean, like even the even the looks that we go to designers wear. Yeah, they've been worn by some other people before. Like yeah, on the, by the models. By yeah, I mean, I just if you launder it, we're like wait. So, but some people are funny. I, I hear, I hear like you. Holy water from head to toe. I'm like, yeah, but it'll be wet. How do I send it with the holy water on it? You know, so it's oh, just. Stop, <laughs> I'm just like you know, but basically, like there mm. were just all these issues that I just mm. wasn't sure. Mm. I know Nigerians have this mentality. Where like oh now just don't really understand the value of like vintage. Yeah, it's not so. I feel like it also even the like the culture here with fashion is very mm. different. Like mm -hmm. you know, there's some pieces that I that I've worn that I would never let go because yes. I'm like that's vintage. Yes, I would need it since some years. Yes, and, you know, but I feel like with Nigerians they don't really get. They it. feel like you know the 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 newer it is. The, the more money you have, yeah. do you understand? They feel like if it's not brand new, then it means that you're broke or people are going to think that you're poor because you're wearing something that somebody's owned before. Whereas in the Western world, that's not the way it is. Yes, it's yes. actually a flex to buy vintage. Yes. Do you know and what they, I mean? Even, the price might even be, be more higher. because that is off-season. Exactly. You can never find it again. You can never find it again. But over here, it's like the reverse, you yeah. know? Or people just feel like, 
is she going to look down on me because she feels like I'm buying something she's worn? Seems and if I see something on you that I like, I can buy it off of you because I love this piece. I want to wear it. Do you know where before I... I had... I had a name. My name Yaba was Chichi. That's why I keep calling you Chichi. Really? <laughs> why, why did they call you Chichi? Hello. <laughs> 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 because it was a stu- one of the stupid guys that gave me that name. <laughs> I was always a, I mean, I was a student. I didn't have a lot of money. I mean, mm. I had decent money, but I really wanted to wear original stuff. Right. But I could not afford them, okay. so I would go to. I had a customer that would call me as the build they open. I don't reach there. It had the best designers, like you know. But it was. I mean, it was thrift but i mean mm. it did the work because we served looks in school so mm. I, i'm i'm very open to yeah the only reason i stopped even going to those places is because i got so popular and i could not enter the market again mm. but i mean i would wear now i have some money to buy like some nice stuff i'm yeah. just saying that i'm open to wearing i would i would wear a designer yeah. piece that was worn five years ago six years ago by like a biggest a foreign celebrity for mm-hmm. example i could buy that mm-hmm. you know so but would you buy a designer piece that was worn by let's say somebody like let's say abuka five years ago would you buy his designer shoes or designer i don't know hat is this a trick question it's, it's, <laughs> no it's not it's for real i'm just thinking of like another guy in the industry that dresses well and he's you know he has stuff for sale would you buy it Ebuka, mm. yes maybe not other people but Ebuka has some amazing style and and the only reason I would buy it is because that's a piece but yeah from Ibuka I will but from some other folks no <laughs> why <laughs> you know why <laughs> no no but yeah Ibuka is when it comes to male fashion Ibuka can I would I would buy Ibuka's Agbada from that you know that Agbada, Agbada that went viral yeah I would buy that Agbada Mm. just to have it and say you know even when I wear it I would tell a story with it Mm -hmm. so I would do that but yeah I just so that's what I was hoping for and thankfully that's what's happening but I was I was like are people going to be funny about it and I know that some people are still funny about it because they won't buy because it's Chama's closet and they're going to be like "Mm." no but also like your TA your target audience is not even your I I think that you are thinking that your target audience is your it's us it's not us but it's everyone I want it to be everyone no but I hear you, but we will you see every day. We don't go by him. Why? It is people who look up to you. Like, you're a fashion girl. Like, and so there's some girls who want to live through you, who, who, who you inspire so much, right? But see, this is what I want to correct. That's the narrative that I want to correct. If Toke has a thrift tomorrow and she has shoes and she's my size and the shoes are really nice, she only really worn them once, I will buy. Why? Okay. Does it make me less of a person because I'm no. wearing shoes that she's worn this is, my, uh, this is my own context right the only way I would buy an outfit from somebody so you know how we wear clothes here I'm gonna repeat right and you know if the designer is so if it's so good I would buy it so this if I if Ebuka wore a suit maybe not a suit maybe a pair of shoes mm-hmm. that he can't wear again and maybe they are like Dior or something mm-hmm. and I, maybe he bought them for like two thousand mm-hmm. dollars and Ebuka seen I will sell it for you for two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I go buy him. What if it was eight hundred dollars? No, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not Okrika price. That is too high up. I need him. If Emuka is ready to say, you know what, Timmy San, my smallie, come, mm-hmm. you know, get the shoe I wear, but I only wear it. I like it when my friends say I've only I've only worn it once. So let me say, I would rather let me make it dash me. And they collect dash. That but that defeats like, the purpose. Everyone will collect dash because it's it my, my money. No, no, it's not a gift. It's not a gift. It is a business. 
you understand? It's a business. But it's a business that benefits everybody because you now don't, like, you're not hoarding things that you mm. can never wear again. Mm. Like, you know, there's stuff that maybe you, you might outgrow it or you just got bored of it. Or to be honest, me personally, as a, I mean, fashion, I like more pieces. More pieces for me, more looks for me, right? Mm-hmm. I would, if, if somebody who I trust their fashion, who I respect their fashion mm-hmm. was doing a, 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 a like yard, yard sale, sale. Mm-hmm. right? I could go there and pick a few pieces. Mm-hmm. Not the ones where they don't wear more than two times. So, you know, there's some pieces that you've never seen more than once. Right. Right? I could go there and pick it. But you see, maybe say, you don't wear the clothes, you know, I even spend it suddenly for almost the same price. Mm-hmm. I know, buy. Mm-hmm. I don't have it. You know, so I just rather go and buy my new thing. But mm-hmm. I, but if it was somebody that I trust their fashion and they're about to just, you know, let some things go, I could, you know. Mm. I could. So that was my fear. Mm. That thought process, that mentality of, you know, mm, don't know what, you know. You know, it's our space, Sha. So that, that's why, if I was in the US, it wouldn't have been a question. I would open to this concept five years ago. I don't even think ago. that in the US, in the US eh, people your do. colleagues want to buy They do. You. They do. It is not a big, it's a cult. It's, normal people go to the thrift store, do you understand? Right. Over here, through Okirika is a thrift store. It's the same thing. It's just stuff. No, that Okirika people... here is different from thrift. Why? What's the difference? It's just stuff that people have. If you go to Yaban, they will open before you. you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, but it's the same concept. It's just stuff that people have given away to right, go and buy. Right. Um, like in England, Oxfam, you'll just go to the shop. Mm-hmm. Like it's not in America. It's fine. In Paris, it's fine. People will go and pick up stuff. Mm. Normal people, they're like, oh, I got this really nice, pe- cool piece from mm. you know. Mm. But over here, there's just that. You know, ill, you know, that kind of thing. And that was my fear. Like, are people going to be like, yes, she's charming good, she's fashionable, she's fabulous, but I'm going to buy her stuff. (sighs) My friend, I can't even lie to you. You see? So that was it. No, but but, but but for you, I don't don't honestly think that it's a problem. I don't think you have a problem selling looks because you've worn some looks that you cannot wear more than once. We Mm -hmm, know that there's mm -hmm. lots of looks that you cannot wear more than once. It's easy for you to sell. Speaking about looks, let's talk about the looks, right? There's no way you're going to leave this podcast without me talking about the looks, girl. The looks. I feel like you've never, like, there's never been a day that you came out casually. It is not in your DNA. It is not a brand. It's going to be off brand (laughs) for you to appear basic. Mm. How do you create these looks? Um, How do you come up with the looks? How long does it take you to figure out the looks? Do you have a team of people who are constantly thinking for you? Does it take a village to make Choma come come outside? Even when even when I see you in the club, Choma, with the like in the in the thick of the night, Choma, <laughs> you are, you arrive. I see Choma, good hair, wait, see, it's a, I so I love it because I'm like that, right? But I every time I see him, like it just starts. This girl, it's a lot. How how do you do it? like? I think people, the, the question I get asked the most is, is it exhausting? It must be exhausting. It must be. Um, it's exhausting if it's not you. Do you understand? Mm. If it's not your lifestyle, if it doesn't come naturally to mm-hmm. you, if you, mm-hmm. if it's not innate in you to be yes. that girl, yeah. it's yeah. Going to, it will be like a mm. chore. It will be mm. stressful. Mm. You will be sweating. But for me, like, I eat, breathe, and sleep fashion. Mm. You know, sometimes if I go to bed, I, that's how I sleep. You know how some people count sheep? I start thinking, okay, what am I going to wear tomorrow? I'm going to put yeah. this together with that. And, and I've created the outfit in my head. And trust me, when I put it together, it's, like, it's a look. It's a look straight mm. away. My people, they know me. Do like, you know I, I pray about my looks? Yeah. I do. When I'm stuck. Because 
there's demand. The only thing I, I, when I pray about, because I do that as well, that's how you know that we love fashion because sometimes, huh. I think for me, when I pray is when my outfit is in the hands of a designer and <laughs> it's an important occasion. Right. And that person is, most times I have a backup plan. Do you understand? Like, mm. I, there'll be at least two people making my dress because if one mm. messes up, I'll just wear the other one because two people, I mean, what are the odds? Mm-hmm. You know, but if it's just one person and it's an important occasion and I knew that, I'm like, God, I serve. beg you, please touch the hands of wisdom frankly to come through for me this time you know i would maybe say that little prayer and it works like they they come correct you know um but yeah like it's it's something that it's a part of me Mm -hmm. honestly i don't think too much about it i don't find it difficult um god has blessed me with a lot of you know pieces Mm -hmm. so it's not hard to put things together i put an an outfit the, the way that i wear it is not the way that XYZ will wear it the way that it and I think somehow clothes look nice on my body yeah you know so they they tell me that I wear clothes well Mm -hmm. all my designer friends they're like we just you wear it well you're gonna make this outfit look good that's why we want you in it you know but you have to stay fit to look good so you know one of the things that I realized and and that's why I'm I'm constantly in the gym every day now is that you know when I got into this space I started seeing smoking one morning I started eating anyhow drinking free champagne you know I said, I didn't wait. <laughs> so the looks are not translated the way I wanted yes. them. And it's it's so important for people to know that fitness and looking a certain way also helps with the looks. Because you should show my family was bigger than this. This top no go nice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. Fair enough. So I'm sure that you have to be in the gym, be fit. So, so there the, are the weeks where I do intermittent fasting. I love, anybody that knows me knows that I love food. Take me some. Mm-hmm. I love I heard that you food. cook a lot. Is it true? I, so I, I wouldn't say that I cook a lot, but when I cook, like I cook, you know, I'm not like, I won't come and say, oh, like I'm a chef or the best mm-hmm. cook or anything. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that girl, that child that bought cooking pots. And mm-hmm. like I said, I was a tomboy. I more like had a football to play mm-hmm. with or like tennis. Mm-hmm. But, um, Obviously, if I'm in a relationship and my partner likes home-cooked meals, I will do that, you know. Mm, quite domesticated. You know, like, I learned how to make Eferiro. <laughs> really? Eferiro from, from, oh, yeah, from Auntie Yabo on the no, show? No, she taught me how to make um, Amala and right. um, Awedo and Bakery. But You learned how to make Eferiro yeah, because of your man? in London, yeah. My boyfriend <laughs> at the time, he loved So, man, you're it. really ready for my... You're ready to, <laughs> to stoop to conquer. So, like, he learned how to make it because he wanted to yeah. eat it. You couldn't order it from Enish in he, London. He wanted, he wanted, like, he liked his home cooked meals. It does give Enish free PR, but, yeah. He liked his home cooked meals. He loved a Ferrero. And so I learned how to make it. And so I'd make it all the time for him. So now you make it. Do you enjoy it? I mean, we're not together anymore, so I don't have to make it anymore because I don't eat it. <sighs> Sorry to that, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't, you don't have to make it anymore, but do you mm-hmm. make it for yourself? Do you enjoy it? Um, no, it's not like a dish that I particularly care for, so I don't make it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But at least that I know how to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very simple eater. In the sense that, like, I like the things that I like, you know. And if I like it, I can eat lots of it. But I'm not, like, overly experimental in the kitchen. The periods were like, okay, let me try and learn how to make a different type of lasagna, a different type of pasta, linguine. stress. <laughs> 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 no, I, I make the things that I like. Okay, so, you know, I was expecting you said jollof rice, you know, a bowl of soup. Lasagna, I don't linguine. I don't eat like a lot of soups. Oh, so you eat more like foreign food? Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't just like I don't that when I say all the time. I'm not like a big fan of like certain Nigerian dishes because it adds to your waistline. It adds to your waistline. Mm-hmm. Some of it I think is actually unhealthy. As much as they want to be like, it's so healthy, it's organic. Mm, the oil that's used to cook it, the this, the that, and yes, there might be alternative yeah. methods to cook these things, but 
I don't even enjoy the taste anyway. So, you know, I don't bother. But if I had a partner that wanted, mm-hmm. like, maybe Ogbono soup, mm-hmm. Gusi, um, like, maybe Banga soup or things like that, I would learn how to make it. Do you know, we don't, a lot of my boyfriends have liked Indomie, so it's worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> so you cook Indomie very well? Very well. It must be nice. It's my specialty. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Your man go chop Indomie. <laughs> so it, it, you know how, it, we don't even talk about how crazy our food is here because you know I was abroad then and I could not find rice because normally jello rice is a staple for me like jello rice plantain I'm good to go so I couldn't I didn't eat it for five or six days Chema my waist snapped really and I went to another city where there were Nigerians and I ate it back to back and I could see the difference since I came back I've been trying to stop eating rice but I can't even eat rice because Everywhere you turn, all we have is rice, jello fries, coconut rice. This one rice is crazy. You can't do that to your waistline. There's one time I cut off rice when I lost weight, like <sighs> drastically. I cut out, I cut out rice, I cut out pasta. Is pasta not as bad as rice? They're both as bad as each other. It's heavy carbs, and it's not to say that you can't eat it at all. Do you understand? You can eat it occasionally in small portions. Really, I portion, portion control, control is control key. My but how do you want to have jello fries that's like this? If I'm eating jello fries, let me know that I'm eating I it well. Eat it's not, let me know it. plates. <laughs> Exactly. So I had to cut it out. I cut out rice, pasta, um, sweet, like fizzy drinks. I cut out alcohol and I just dropped dress sizes. I've reduced my alcohol now. Alcohol is the it's, worst of the worst. And fizzy drinks. Fizzy drinks are horrible. Like, you know, Fanta, Coke, the rest. It's, so what do you eat? Do you eat? So basically, when I eat badly, I eat anything. So of course I eat out a lot, you know. I love my black cord, um, you know, just oxtail mm. things like look at you looking at this only. <laughs> Oxtail, I really like oxtail, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, curry goat. I actually like Caribbean food, you know, very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Italian food. So I'll eat out, I'll do my usual um, stuff. I love desserts as well. There's always room for dessert. So mm-hmm. I'm always going to have a scoop or two of vanilla ice cream and cake and, mm-hmm. you know, salted caramel, something, something, cheesecake. Mm-hmm. But if I see that I'm adding weight, so I have like five kgs that I play around with, right? Once I get to the, or I'm getting to the top of that kg, I cut it. Do you understand? So I intermittent fasting all day long. I don't eat till 5 or 6 p.m. And I'll have one noodle and two sunny side up eggs. And that's it. And I'll eat that every day for like a week or two. Then I, I drop been, back. I've been doing this intermittent fasting. I won't die. It's terrible. It's crazy. It's hard. But if you want to look good and you want your clothes to look nice. I know. And your I fashion. Know. I'm always very conscious of how I look. Because, I mean, this is showbiz. This, this is our industry. You know, you have to look, you have to look the part. That's crazy. But you know, one of the things that you said that picked my interest was when you talked about cooking for a man. What's dating like these days for you? Because <laughs> you're, you're hot, like, you're, you're hot girl era and I'm sure that, you know, you're sport for choice. And sometimes it's not always the case though. No, but you know, yes. you know this being sport for choice is more it's a of problem. a problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I hear. And I feel like now, I understand guys that like, they don't even know who to pick from. So they're not married because it's like they don't even know where to, you know, it's like, who do I eventually yes, pick? Yes. So also for a woman, sometimes it's like that, you yeah. know? And for me, like marriage, I want it to be forever. Do you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. the rest of my life. Like mm-hmm. I'm playing with my parents are together. So of course, ideally I would want that, you know, for mm-hmm. my life. Of course, if it happens, great. If it doesn't, you know, but I don't want to get it wrong. And I'm not of that school of thought as, oh, you must marry before you're 30, blah, blah, blah. In fact, you mm-hmm. don't know anything before you're 30. I don't feel like, you know, a, a lot of people that I know that got married out their lives, yeah. prior to 30, you know, it's almost like they're in a trap because they've now only just realized who, who they, they really are. are yeah. And they're either regretting the person that they married mm-hmm. or, you know, the fact that they feel trapped or they're not mm-hmm. having a, some sort of 
it's not midlife, but like midlife crisis and doing things that they maybe shouldn't be doing when you when you're married with kids. Yeah, you know. So I feel like anyone that would have married me, you know, prior to who I am now, would have married the wrong channel. That you would have had a different version. In fact, sorry for that person because. Sorry to that. <laughs> <laughs> do you understand? Like yeah. you know. Certain things I wanted to do, certain things that I wanted to achieve, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to, you know, and I would have resented that person for not allowing me mm-hmm. do those things or be that person, mm-hmm. you know, maybe because they don't really want me to go out or mm-hmm. talk to certain people or like, you know, I have kids that I have to cater to, mm-hmm. so I can't even just get up and go, mm-hmm. you know, so I've achieved a lot of things that I've wanted to achieve. And so now I feel like I'm mentally, physical, mentally, physically, spiritually and financially ready to settle down. You know, you said something that was, that's so profound just now, right, you know? We don't even talk about how much some marriages or some people who are married resent their spouses, their children for... Because some of them feel stuck because they had lofty ideas of what their lives should have been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you marry, you have to literally consider your husband, your children. And it's just so sad to see that, you know, some people are only beginning to figure out themselves in their 30s, in their mid-30s, and they're just like, what the hell am I doing here? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person. But you, you I, I imagine I that you don't come from a family like an Igbo, because you're an Igbo girl. Mm-hmm. And you know how the Igbos can be with marriage and children and get rich in a certain age. I don't think you come from that kind of family that they, they'll pressure you to. Luckily, I'm the last child. So before you mm. pressure me, you go and finish with my siblings first. <laughs> you know? So I enjoy that. Have that. You spoken to her? <laughs> exactly. So I kind of enjoyed that, you know, but now that all my siblings are married, it's, mm. I, it's like an unspoken. You know, how far? But they're not saying it because, you know, I last think that my parents are like, you know, civilized and like very like, you know, forward thinking. So they're not going to be like, hurry up, hurry up. But I mean, my mommy will always say things like, well, give me my grandbabies now. When am I, you know, I want to carry your children. You, I want to carry, you know, so they they want me to, but they don't make me feel bad about it or put undue pressure on me because a lot of these, I know someone that was married for like three weeks, you know. Yeah. Kim Kardashian? No. People <laughs> I know someone hey, somebody in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I know someone that was married for three months. You know, I know someone that was married for six months. You know, yeah. I know someone that was married for yeah. Two. So it's like the amount of divorces. Yes, crazy, going. alarming. This. What do you th- What do you think has changed? Do you think that our parents' time, it was better? It was easier to date because because right now, like, or is it that our parents just you know especially the mothers exactly just the stooped. Is. Some people stayed in for their children. Some people just stayed just because... Of... No, women have become a lot more independent now. Mm-hmm. So the nonsense that you were dishing, maybe mm-hmm. our mothers and grandmothers, mm-hmm. that men were dishing them mm-hmm. when they had no money and they were completely financially dependent on them. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's going to take that rubbish now? True. You know, if you have like financial control over somebody, then yeah, they almost don't have a choice because if they leave you, where are they going? There's really nothing for them to fall back on. But a lot of women now are very independent, very hardworking, ambitious. Like they have their own paths carved. And if you're coming with the nonsense, if they leave you, they're probably going to be better off without you. Mm. You know, so they just, they walk out. But I think that the issue here is the imbalance. Women are now, you know, financially responsible and independent and the men are not willing to adjust their expectations. That's the problem, you know. The level of submission that a woman will give when you are 100% responsible for her financially is not the mm-hmm. same, unfortunately, that she will give if it's a 50-50 income household. Mm. If you're expecting her to go to work and come back and still wash the plates, 
still cook all the food, still get the kids ready for bed, and you're reading newspaper. That's why I can't read newspaper. Do you understand? <laughs> so that's the problem. You know, men have to adjust that. And I'm not saying that those traditional roles are not valid. I feel like women are biologically nurturers. You know, we were created to nurture, to care mm-hmm. for. We carry mm-hmm. the kids, the kids. Mm-hmm. So naturally, we're gonna have like more of a natural inborn duty of care towards our children. Mm-hmm. However, men have to adjust those expectations, those societal expectations. And it's a very patriarchal world that we live in. So the man, yes, I'm the head of the household, it's me, my woman must, that's a calm down small, do you understand? Mm. I feel like if men became a little bit more realistic and down to earth in marriages, I think things would would go better for people. Do you know my issue with even just dating, especially in Lagos, I feel like there's just so much expectations. Like people are not dating to be in love or make, like to be, I feel like even, People that date are not even friends first. Everything is just expectation. This is what you, I get from you. This has going to be. And that's why we're, it's, we're so scared of even dating ourselves and getting married because everybody just has an agenda. Like, personally for me, I just want to fall in. You know those love stories? I just want to fall in love. But nobody, they fall in love. Everybody's standing in love. everybody from this Lagos, they stand in love. Before, because, you know, going on the days where breakups used to hurt people. People break up and they... But do you feel like it's because there's a higher ratio of women to men in our society? Not and so true. men have options for days. And the so value system has changed. Like, mm. it's like, do you think it's very transactional now? It's, it's like it's money and give me... Even when there's a, bit, there's, a t- there's a tinge of love there, it's still very transactional. Sometimes not even financially. It's just a thing of what do you bring to the table? I'm tired of hearing people say, what do you bring to the table? Can we just be in love? Mm. What, what table, like, we're not table, this is not a, like, we're not trying to serve food here. This is... But do you feel like love is enough in marriage? Is it realistic to enter a marriage based on, like, fairy tale, la-la land type of love? I've never been married. Maybe... I've never had a successful relationship. Never? I don't think, I would not, I've maybe one month, two months, three months, you know, I've been married to Jesus for the longest time. But I, what okay. I would say is that, because I read a lot, right? And and I also seen people who have been married for lo- like long time, mm. like a long period of time, and they've stayed together 20, 30 years. And and I feel like after after a while, you realize that these people are more friends than, than I mean they're married, but they're friends. So there's a duty of care. So like if I married my friend, right, mm. and we have an issue, as if so I would put the and please don't quote me, guys. I'm, I, I've never ha- had a successful relationship. I'm just mm. saying that. I will put the matrimony part as part, husband and wife and talk as friends. Mm. That can help people go, go a long way, even with the things that they allow, the compromise that they make in marriages. Mm. You know, you find out that most of our mothers stayed, only stayed because of their kids mm. or they suffered because, you know, what would people say? But if, if you and your partner were, f- if you guys are friends... There's some things that you even say, even when even when cheating is involved, as friends, mm-hmm. people can talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's just that the value system has just changed. Everybody's just gim, 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 gim. Cheating is not a good thing, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, even if that happened, like there, there are ways that we can talk about it as friends. But do people still leave their partners for cheating? <sighs> or do they just tell their friends, if it's me, I'll be out. Do people lie a lot. Boyfriends have been cheating on them left, people, right, and center, even with their own friends. People lie I feel a lot. Like people lie so much. People lie a lot. Like, you know, until it happens to you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm not so quick to give advice anymore. Yeah. Do you understand? I used yeah. to be like, 
judge and jury. I used to be so judgmental. Yeah. You know, I used to be so like overly morally upright and like, oh, don't do this, don't do that, mm-hmm. you know, until certain situations started yeah. to happen. I'm like, oh my God, how on earth did I end up here? So, you know, I feel like with marriage, one thing that my parents always tell us is never invite two things never invite a third party into your relationship Mm -hmm. number one and number two never go to bed never let the sun come up angry so never go to bed angry Mm -hmm. you know you must go to bed and settle and if you don't settle before you go to bed when you guys wake up that problem or issue that happened is for yesterday and leave it yesterday so i've never seen my parents keep malice or like oh mom's not talking to my dad i've never seen that so even if they had they quarreled you know the night before They've woken mm. up, we're all having breakfast together, everyone's talking, and it's fine. Yeah, and I feel like it's really worked for them. Yeah, because that's the person that you, you marry, that's your friend, that's your lover. Because I also wonder how people who have been married for five, six years or dating for the longest time, all of a sudden just stop liking each other, become mean to each other, say the worst things, and come on social media. I'm like, but that's, that's your person. Like, But maybe that person was never their person. Do you understand? It's just the disease I'm talking about in this, in this, in this town. Right. It's like everybody has an agenda right. in relationships. Yeah. It's, it's also, some people just don't want to be alone. Mm. So maybe the best thing is to marry your friend, somebody who's actually exactly. already your friend. So that way you understand the person, they understand you, you have a good relationship. And it's not just about the marriage, but more so about that partnership and that, you know, friendly relationship. The question is, do I even like my friends? That's the do question. Do you? Tell me no, but, do no, you like no, your friends? No, no, no. Let's, let, me, let me ask it better, right? Do we even get to the friendship parts in, in dating generally, even with young people across the world? So you have to start where we off are friends. now. No, we don't start off. You know, Chairman, that we don't start off as friends in this Lagos. I'm too see you, I'm too see you before you know where you don't like you know, before you know we're in a relationship. People need to have more discipline and self-control. People don't even court anymore. People don't even get to know. Even get to know is, is come to my house. Let me get to know you. If you, if you, dinner dates and so don't do that. You know, you, like I'm not going to anybody's house unless I've been wined and dined and I feel extremely comfortable with mm. you. I don't even open up until I'm comfortable with somebody. So for me, I take my time. I don't do that. Oh, meet me at whose house? No, you can't even come to my house. Maximum, you'll be at the gates. I'm learning, and I'll come downstairs and meet you. God help me to well, you change. Well, you have to. There has to be that barrier. Yeah. Do you understand of mm. entry? Number mm. one, it'll help the person to respect you more. And secondly, like you actually get to know the person. Like we're not diving into anything other than getting to know each other first. Mm-hmm. And then I decide if I even want you in my space mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. But are you going to get married soon? But maybe that's why my ass is still not married because I'm not rushing. I don't you, rush do you like the idea out. of being married? Or I love the idea of being married. I want to be married. I want to have children. And I can imagine your wedding is going to be so grand, that wedding dress. But what if it's not? What if it's the opposite? Is that who you are? I don't mm-hmm. think so, Chama. With all these things I've been doing for how I many w- years. I think my wedding dress is going to be really simple, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. It will shock everyone. They'll be like, let me come and deal with that girl. She wore Shanshan to my wedding. Everyone will come <laughs> in their starlight, star bright outfits. So and I'll just be wearing like wedding. a nice classy. Mm. Yeah, I feel like my weddings, I feel like my dress would be simple. I mean, I don't know, but yeah. I, I think I want it to be like simple and timeless. Till then, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So let's talk about your faith. I, I mean, before, before this juncture my, my producer was just saying that it feels like it's only logic members that come to this <laughs> podcast. but i'm like all the cool people go to logic yeah, church and you true. know for you you take your faith seriously like because you're always in church why why is that relationship so important for you um i think i think my relationship with god um aside from obviously growing up 
Christian, growing up Anglican, having to go to church every Sunday, Sunday school, the usual, you know, um, expectation of an African. I feel like my faith with God is very special. I actually feel like I'm one of God's, I know everyone feels like they're God's special own, mm. but I feel like God is partial with me. Do you know what I mean? I feel like God, he doesn't play with me. Mm. Anything I ask him for, he gives, especially if it's for me. If it's not for me, if it doesn't happen, I know that God didn't want this for me. You know, in fact, sometimes I'm afraid to pray about my relationship. You know, when you like a guy so much, I'm just like, hey, if I pray, God will scare yes, me. Yes, yes, yes. And he's done it several times. It has happened to me too. You know, so um, I don't joke with my relationship with God. You know, aside from even going to church, which is the religious aspect, I'm extremely spiritual. You know, mm. I speak to God all day. Mm. I don't wait till I'm at home and on my knees before I pray. Mm-hmm. I can, if we take a break now, I'll probably speak to God. Do you know what I mean? Like direct the rest of this just, interview or just mm-hmm. guide us as we go home or something. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, like that level of spirituality is key. No matter what form you look at it, whether it's Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, because at the end of the day, yes, we believe as Christians that you can only make it to heaven through Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and the belief in him. But what about Hindus? What about Buddhists? Is mm-hmm. God wicked? Is he going to you know, condemn everyone else mm-hmm. to hell? No. So at the end of the day, it really is about your spirituality. Mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like in the end, we're all going to be judged based on our hearts, yeah. not so much your yeah. religion. Yeah. So just having that personal relationship with God where I can talk to him about anything, he can guide me, he can direct me, mm-hmm. is so comforting. You know, and I feel like when you have God, the the there's a peace that passeth all understanding. Mm, lolo, <laughs> take like, me there. <laughs> you can't even explain it. You know, it's that it's, mm-hmm. it's there's a supernatural confidence that yeah. you have when God is with yes. you. It's just peace. A lot of events I go to, I go by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't need a crew or a team to pull mm-hmm. up or roll up. You know, and they tell me like. Sometimes my friends are like, this girl, you came this and you glided to the front. It's like you were gliding straight to the front because it's like I'm walking with God yes. and I know that God is next to me. He's mm. with me. Mm. So I have, I don't fear anything. I don't care how you're looking at me, what you have to say. It's me and God all the way, you know. And um, I just feel like also in a country like Nigeria, this side of the world, you have to have God. Yes. You know, how, how yes. do people that don't have, how do you navigate with yes. all the principalities and powers that exist beyond our human understanding? How do people navigate? And I don't necessarily believe in like witchcraft, jazz yeah. or witchcraft or anything. No, I, I'm just, just getting by. It's just like, of, in this part of the world, yes. you, need a, like you need an anchor. You need an anchor. You need an anchor, you know, and it's it's like the best feeling ever mm-hmm. when you truly know God for who He is mm-hmm. and you know how He operates. It's important that knowing God for who He is is where I want to literally hammer on because you know every time that people come on this podcast and I talk about God and I talk about God to anybody mm-hmm. is because when you truly know who God is, you realize that He's for everybody, every type of person. Every race, mm-hmm. every type of person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you, you know how they do the Christianist thing in this part of the world mm-hmm. where you have to look a certain mm-hmm. way to be able to access God. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, God intentionally used the most flawed people yep. in the Bible to show, to, show, to show himself. So whilst you're going on thinking that it's your long skirt, it's your, it's your <laughs> fervent, it's your, your Goya great oil and the olive oil that used to impress God. Good luck. Why the rest of us who are glamming up and living mm-hmm. our best lives mm-hmm. have access to him as well? Equal access. And you know, one of the things I also say is that, you know, if God can create the lilies, the mountains, the fountains, like the most beautiful things, don't you think that God is into people like us who are very fabulous? Exactly. He's probably a fabulous. Exactly. He's a fabulous he God. Most likely is. 
He, and I've always thought this. Do you know what's so yes. funny? Do you know what's so funny? I remember, because I still go to my Anglican church sometimes. Like, it's, it's the church that I grew up mm-hmm. in. So I, I do both. I go to Logic and I go mm-hmm. there sometimes. And I remember, like, somebody one time saying, like, like, why do you need to dress so fly? Because my church, the Anglican one is really small. It's like one of the smallest, mm-hmm. you know, parishes. And she said, but why do you need to dress up to church? She was like, no one comes here. There's no, yes, there's some quiet rich people, but there's no one that you need to impress, mm-hmm. basically. Why are you looking so nice? And I said, and I, and I, I remember saying to her, if I can dress up to the club, mm-hmm. make the effort to start to, getting ready at a certain time, do yes, my hair, do my makeup, yes. wear a nice outfit and look presentable for people that I don't even know who they are. What more, my, my God house? in heaven, Go my father's house. Shata. Are you funny? Give him your I'll, best I looks. I'm not, I'm not dressing up for you guys. I'm dressing up for God. Do you understand? I give him the same respect and honor that I give people in the yes, street. So I will look nice in church. Give the Lord I your best my looks. Abaya. My hair's going to be popping. Oh, my girl, will be those your abaya like this, yeah. <laughs> hey, I just see trouble with abaya. Rich answer. She's coming with the, with the curly. I'm like, girl, please rest. No, but you really literally serve looks to church. I really, I love it. Because mm-hmm, I, I make effort for the streets and not for God who my gave friend. me the ability to even, you know, I know, I know. Like it's just, it's just so beautiful. And I, I, I like this crop of young believers who can be themselves and also be able to access God. And 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 the reason why I always talk about God, especially with my celebrity friends and people that come on, is that other people have to see that you can be you, and also access God. Because you know, like I hate how we are peddling this God. Like we're peddling a a poor God. Because you just like certain things, mm-hmm. let's, mm-hmm. let's so dress down, and, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, you know, for him to create these things, like mm-hmm. the peacock, right? When I th- think about the peacock, the animal, right? I'm sure other animals think that how did they create that? It's just, mm-hmm. it's just too much. It and when they, when they when they spread the feathers, mm-hmm. you know, but that's God. That's God. That's God showing. God created that mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I'd rather be a peacock. Mm-hmm. Then be a bull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Secrets. I'm a peacock. Yes. I think I am. Yes. I think you're a peacock too. I'm absolutely a peacock and a very proud one. Mm. And I feel like, yes, God, you did that. Shout out to peacocks who love Shout Jesus. Shout out to peacocks who love Jesus. And guess what? Don't be afraid. One thing I'll say is, I feel like people need not be afraid to show their love for God. Mm-hmm. That's something that I struggled with. I'm not going to lie to you. Because I did too. I've always loved God. I've always been close to God. Mm-hmm. I've always, like, I'm a dreamer. I dream. Mm-hmm. I see things. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, my relationship, I don't even want to delve into it because mm-hmm. people will be afraid and, you know, they'll be like, eh. mm-hmm. but it's so deep. Mm-hmm. And initially, I used to run away from it because I was like, am I deserving? Yes. Me, yes. me that yes. I like the good, yes. do you understand? Yes. You know, does that mean I, I can't go clubbing? Mm-hmm. Does that mean I can't, you know, mm-hmm. do my tequila shots? Will I, you know, <laughs> am I competing with the devil the if I'm, you know? So I was scared to, like, delve into my spirituality or be as close to God as I could be. Because mm-hmm. God, he wants us. So the closer you're, he's drawing you in, the, you know, it's like, you can't even, mm-hmm. it's magnetic. And I think, I, I can't remember what changed or what shifted, but I was like, you know, I think a group of friends, we came together and we just started like talking about the word and studying the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then I started doing it, but I wasn't posting it. Imposter syndrome. Yes. I'm like, yes. this trauma that like mm. can wear anything and like mm. can, you know, mm. go out and like, mm. you know, I post my tequila and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to talk about God? Mm. Are people going to think, who are you to tell, do you understand? Are people mm. going to feel like, ah, you know, do you understand? I just, it's like, you 
You people are thinking that the God of the universe was worried about how many teclashes I did. Ugh. Yes, I was Please. like, are people going to judge me or not believe me or feel like I'm lying or like, you know? And so that was a problem for a while. Do you know that? But right now, I, at some point, like, after, when like, I started posting more God, and mm-hmm. you know, when I go to the club, I'm like, ah, dickiness, you did here. Like, <laughs> I say, you better be happy that I'm here because Jesus is here with yes. me. So you, better, you better get into it. Yes. His presence is here. I'm yes. sure that you don't carry it, but I carry the yes. Holy Spirit. So even here, so I ha- I make a lot of funny jokes in my head. I'm just like, I'm sure that when I get into like W bar sometimes, as I'm walking in, the the angels that have been assigned to me will be like, Huh. Father, you this your son has dragged us here again to the den of to the den of iniquity. But we have no choice, we are stuck. Yes. So that's me at the end. I was saying, I was saying they're gonna look me say this one. Angel, <laughs> you shake your tongue too. Yeah! <laughs> Jeff, I swear. Because tell me son, the way I look at it, who turned water to wine? And trust me, honey. I'm wondering this... if it was wine or tequila, do you understand? No, girl, I'm not sure. Let me tell you why I know that it's not grape, wine, or fruit juice. Mm-hmm. Because the master of the ceremony had had wine before. Mm-hmm. And he just, and when he tasted the wine that Jesus, because Jesus is all about excellence. You know, yes. my, my, my Lord and Savior is excellence. Mm-hmm. He would not have made basic alcohol. Because no I think it was alcohol. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, the people, when you're usually doing a wedding, you save your best wine mm-hmm. first. But how come you had saved the best for last? That's mm-hmm. the probably tasted something that was fermented, Period. distilled. Period. I'm sure the angels had gone to France to pluck some nice grapes, mm-hmm. you know. Some people had gone to, you know, they had done some 20 years compressed whiskey mm-hmm. for them. And the man tasted them and said, huh, what is this thing that I've tasted? Mm. That's who Jesus is, is the life of the person. Period. So, you know. This is where I get it from. Yeah. This, this, no, but, this. no, you know why I know that Jesus is involved in my extraness, the part of me that likes fashion and mm-hmm. everything, because Jeremiah, I cannot lie to you. Sometimes when I'm out of looks, I pray, and I walk into my closets, and I'll just hear, pick this, pick that, match this up, and it's a look. I'm like Jesus, that was you. You like the looks. All the time. You like you like when I shine, Jesus, don't All you? All the time. I love it. All the time. I love Jesus' conversation. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Every time that I think that I have nothing to wear is when I come out looking my best. Yes. If it's not God, yes. then who is it? Yes. Yes. You know? Yes. So I, I love... Well, and that's why I really like the Logic Church. Mm-hmm. I won't lie. Because I love the fact that he wants... In fact, the worse off you are, the more he wants you. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? That is what God wants. Mm-hmm. 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 And I always think about... I. I was it the, the sheep one went astray? Yeah. Um, the 99 how he, going? How he leaves the the 99 to find the, the one. The 99 to find the one. You know, that I was thinking about that analogy recently, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that, you know, even when we're in trouble, right? The idea of the of Jesus leaving the 99 is that, you know, the one sheep might be in the den of wolves mm-hmm. or something. And he has to go there to rescue. Yes. But, you know, I... You can say that I have 99 sheep, right? If one goes, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But he will literally leave those 99 mm-hmm. to come and find you. Mm-hmm. So why do you think... That's why I say people, how bad or how far off can you be that you know that God cannot find you? You know, even with the prodigal son, and I'm not trying to preach, guys, but the prodigal son had done the worst. Like, literally done everything, taking his inheritance, gone astray and everything. But when he was coming back home, his father actually ran to him. Yep. And that's how God runs to us when we're mm-hmm. in, in, in such a space, mm-hmm. right? He loves it. He wants you. Like, he's desperate. He's yearning for your love and affection. So, mm. 
no one should ever feel like they're unworthy mm-hmm. you know and that's why yes i will post the things that i i mean maybe it'll get to a point where i'll decide okay i don't want to be going clubbing or i don't want to listen to secular music or i don't want to do this and i don't want to do that but i'm not there yet i still enjoy these things you know but it doesn't change the love that i have for god it doesn't change my connection or my relationship with god it doesn't affect it in any way shape or form god does not not answer some of my prayers because he's like oh you were at zaza last night no <laughs> in that's, fact that's why they're, in the, they're constantly trying to perform to please god Mm-mm. and god sees your heart do you yes, understand? so yes. at the end of the day i might be in zaza on friday but guess what on saturday i'm in the wilderness helping his people mm. you know mm. meanwhile yes you didn't go to zaza but you slept all saturday and done nothing for mm. god's people mm. you know god judges you by what you did to the least of his brethren mm. that is how he knows who you are so I'm all for like serving God openly now. I'm all for like bringing more people to God. I want people to know that yes, you could be fabulous and serve God. Don't be ashamed about your, you know, love for God. And don't ever feel like because you sin, therefore you cannot go back to God or you cannot show that you're with God. Mm-hmm. After all, we all sin differently. Mm-hmm. For some people it's open and for some people it's hidden. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And you know one of the things that you just said that made sense. And, I, I, and that's my resolve now. And that's that should be something that people here and want to come closer to God. You know, when you come to God, he does the work, not you. So you cannot earn God by things that you stop or you didn't stop. Mm. If you really accept Jesus and he comes into your life, he does the work, he does the cleaning. Mm. So if you need, if if Jesus wants you to stop going to Zaza every night, after a while you lose taste for it because yeah. he gives you new, new one too. Yeah. like you, you just want to do different things. Mm-hmm. And that's why people should come first as they are and let God do the work. Exactly. You hear me so? Exactly. Are you hearing me behind the scene? <laughs> Come to Jesus as you Come are. As you are. Okay. You That's enough are. of the sermon. Let's Solomon, let's let's come let's. To Jesus. <laughs> okay, you know that you know this podcast. Must, I must always talk about Jesus. I feel like if it wasn't TVT, but I'll I'll make it the Jesus part. Right. You know, yeah, because this is where the work is happening. Yeah, but thank you, Chema, for coming on. Um, before you know, I, I just want to before you go, I just want to ask a few questions about like what's next. You know, I feel like you know. A babe like you always has goals, right? Is the goalpost changing? Have you achieved the goals? What What's next for you? Gonna, are you going to be on screen? Um, what's what, what is the future you know what, for One Chema? thing that I really want to do is eventually go into politics in Nigeria mm-hmm. because I feel like there are lots of young people that all they do is complain. Do you know what I mean? Oh, we, we complain a lot. We're always yeah, fighting we for one thing online. We're, we're not involved. But we're not involved. Mm-hmm. And how on earth are you going to make the change if you are not a part of that change, you know? Mm-hmm. And I get it. Sometimes there might be, like, maybe political parties that you don't really agree with their mm-hmm. mandates or people that you don't really, like, you know, mm-hmm. resonate with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can only fix the rot from within. Mm-hmm. You can't be from the outside, you know, shouting <laughs> when you can't get in. Mm-hmm. Um, so at some point, I feel like a lot of young people are going to have to go into this political space and basically start to like make that change from inside. It won't be immediate, you know. I don't even know what Nigeria, I mean, in our lifetime, I don't know if Nigeria is ever really going to be that country mm-hmm. that we all have in mind or we hope and pray. Mm-hmm. But it's a gradual process. And the only way it can happen is if young people with bright minds and ideas and, you know, very well educated, very well exposed. What's the point living in England and living in the States and all these countries and you keep comparing Nigeria to these countries, but, you know, you're not yeah. bringing the, the expertise innovation. and the yeah. innovation and, you know, the knowledge to the Nigerian space. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's something that I definitely will do. Um, of course, with the Good Way Foundation, we're going to do a lot more now that we've sort of, like, opened it up back to the public and we're going to be receiving donations. We want to partner with, like, you know, other international NGOs mm-hmm. and... Um, companies that basically like help charities and just do like a lot more make it a lot more widespread and have many many more beneficiaries 
um, business-wise, of course, Choma's Closet is my latest baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's doing very well. I see you packing clothes every day. Every day I'm packing clothes. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really tough. Um, we're going to definitely hire, hire more people because um, it's going really well. And, of course, I'm now partnering with other brands as well, designers. Mm, we're amazing. collaborating, coming up with collections together. So by next year, it's really going to, it's going to, it's already great right mm-hmm. now. Like, I actually cannot complain. Mm-hmm. But it's going to blow up because mm-hmm. now I'm literally putting Africa in the forefront of the world, you know giving it that international feel opening up to the international space and international mm-hmm. market um yeah i just want to showcase african talent why not and i have the platform so yeah. i will use it well um so that's that's like another direction that i you know i think is going great and yeah like i have a few more businesses up my sleeve but i don't like to be jack of all trades and master of none mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so i perfect something before i go on to another right so yeah right so, well done. Good luck with that, Chema Koku. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Please help me sign out. Okay. Hey guys, my name is Chama Ikoku, aka Chama Good Hair, and I just sip lip tint tea on tea with Tay. <laughs> so make sure you like, subscribe, comment, be nice, be positive. Love you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.